semi-relevant to the to me coming to NoobCon actually this year. I got rid of um, some of my cradles and I got rid of my Sarasanctums to pick up Swedish legal cards for NoobCon. <laughs> get the fuck up! Simon says, get the fuck up! Throw your hands in the sky! Weezers in the back, sipping yak, y'all, what's up? Girls, rub on your titties. Yeah. yeah, I said it, rub on your titties. New York City, pretty committee, pity the fool that acts shitty in the midst of the calm, the witty. Hey kids, it's me, Seb, and today we'll be discussing more old school stuff. Hopefully, this is Monster of the Week, constructing old Lead school. Chill from 93 yeah, yeah, this is how we chill from 93. So, Åland, I hear some clinking in the glass there. What are we talking about today? Is it drinks? Or? Yeah. Actually, today we're only talking about drinks and nothing nice. else. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's the topic of discussion today. Okay. Do you have uh, any favorites or is it like, how do you want to go about? I don't know. Let's talk about something else. Okay. Well, what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Fantasy Zoo. Okay. How should we go about to do that then? We invite the winner from the Summer Derby. Nice. And we have the winner from the Summer Derby here. Hello, Simon. Hey, guys. Good, good evening for you. Uh, how are you guys doing? I'm doing fine. I've been uh, I've been about uh, got some spirits in me today, and you have too. I've uh, reckoned from our uh, messaging back and forth today. Yeah, I uh, I started the day early with uh, with a barber shop visit, which includes some whiskey. So uh, and I'm I'm still going strong with whiskey. So it's still it's not even evening yet. It's still afternoon here, <laughs> but. Um, we're a few whiskeys in, so I, I did uh, just, uh, I thought I'd better get away from neat whiskey. So I am on a, a whiskey highball or a scotch and soda at the moment. So a little, a little, not quite so strong. Yeah, well, strong enough for me. How about you, Alon? Uh Yeah, I'm fine. Um, I'm drinking um, some tequila, sour apple syrup, lemon juice uh, drink. I went through my liquor cabinet today. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what we in Sweden call uh, a witch. It's not <laughs> no no. It's not a witch because then everything has to be over forty percent. Okay, okay. I think the rule is. So for those not from Sweden, that's when you go to your parents' bar cabinet and just put stuff in a bottle and stir it up. <laughs> that that's when you're, and and sooner or later you will see it again probably uh, on the discussion of which uh, my, my friends had a had a had a contest about the drink witch or hexa in swedish this mouth witch where where you close your eyes and people pour stuff in your mouth and you have to guess what the mix is okay so they pour different or do they mix it before yeah, i think they mix it beforehand and then you have to guess whatever's in that mix and it can be like <laughs> milk and vodka and gin or something like you, you don't know but yeah they had they okay. had a, i missed it it was last year they had a competition the mouth witch competition huh? well that's a good competition yeah or or not 
depending on who's having to i don't know what, what are you you're being possessed in a way then or something like that you're being you're you're the kettle <laughs> i don't know it's like it's like a i mean it's a witch mix hex blending uh yeah so so yeah i don't know where the name comes from it's like is it like witches brew yeah i think that's a miles Dra davis uh, record or something isn't it no whatever yeah. so we, um, we we promised to not talk about drinks but here we are yep. uh, and um, we're going into uh, talking about some fancy zoo and how do we come about how, how will we go <sighs> like we, we've talked a bit about the the deck name and stuff earlier right uh, well on uh, but uh, yeah, maybe. like should we go uh, like from deck to deck or how do you want to go about to do this yeah i don't know i don't know if we spend so much time talking about the old stuff i mean it basically mm. basically the base of the deck is uh, 12 bolts lions and some serendibs and then all of the good cards and uh, the first list i found was my list from bsk 2017 who had everything um, of this you had a similar list, but it was only seven bolts before me. Yeah, but I didn't. So I, I hadn't seen your list when I made mine. I made yeah. me and Yuki Almelun made uh, my list, and then for the last couple of years, uh, Chef, uh, Chef, and Pes have been playing it and brewing it a lot. Uh, and now Simon has a new take on it. So, to s for starters. Uh, I would like to, like, okay, I, w I would like to understand because I'm not fully into it. We have the different name dis discussions here. So uh, we have the fancy zoo deck, and that's basically because what what do you think, Simon? It's it's the it's all the different animals there, right? Do you call it fancy yeah. zoo also? I could care less what's called, <laughs> honestly. It's, it doesn't matter. I mean, so, so I think it's um, it's important that people know that there's creatures and there's bolts in it, right? And beyond that, it doesn't really matter what it's called. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe a worry is if somebody doesn't know the format, Fantasy Zoo could be rug, rug or Arabian aggro. You know, we're kind of, once you're in old school, you kind of, you start picking up 12 bolt, line dip bolt, yeah. Uh, fantasy zoo, it, it doesn't really matter. I mean, um, so as, we're all know, on I, the same page with like Lion de Bolt, and uh, so they're all the same. Yeah. yeah, they're all this, they're all, they're all essentially the same, right? They all have the same um, core cards. And I think, like Alan was saying, the, the, the question is there's been be between, let's say, maybe eight and 12 bolts has been sort of the norm. And um, there's, there's sort of an ebb and flow in the format. I mean, I think it depends which old school format you look at too, right? Whether you're gonna go uh, Swedish, Atlantic, or sort of the four strips. And the, the decks do alter slightly between those three formats. Yeah, But the, the core is always the same. There's always um, four lions. Um, there's some other creatures before, in between uh, lions and serras, those could be uh, togs or those could be dibs mm -hmm. um, and then you know there's some number of burn spells a smattering of counter spells and a bunch of restricted cuts um, and then you know the best mana base <laughs> you can create 
from, uh, from within <laughs> like from, from Golabs and City one West. Drop yeah. sets white and like counter spells that's double blue and like disenchants and lightning bolts and that's ex, ex, yeah yeah so i mean if you look at the top 16 of the derby um there's there's uh two 12 bolt lists mine and seth i run an extra i think there's only two cards different in the main i don't have his list handy but he he ran uh one less land where i had a scrubland he ran one extra counter spell so he ran two counter spells um and he ran a geddon so he ran a counter spell and a geddon and i ran um a scrubland and a disenchant no swords of plowshares mm. i think those were the two two cards different but essentially the same deck uh i have an extra land i tend to run an extra land more i think the mana bases on average are quite bad in old school i'd rather sideboard out the land you know on the draw or when i don't need it um, but I, 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 the Scrubland is exactly that. It's an extra white source for the lion, and yeah. it's an extra black black source for your twist and demonic. Um, so it gives you six. I don't like having twist and demonic off five sources. I think you need six for consistency. But um, you're already, you know, kind of maxing on your city brass, etc. Yeah. Um, so like you, what you, we're pacing around here basically is that we're playing all the good cards and. Uh, the mana might be constrained <laughs> at the very least if you if you're yeah. trying this or, or yeah i mean am i am i right about that Orland? that that might be yeah, um, some of the problem with the deck if there's a problem at all i mean the problem is often a resolved blood moon but but yeah um i think i think adding a extra black source makes a lot of sense and when i l look at my old lists i actually had an extra black source I had the Scrubland uh, four years ago, and then I cut it. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I so didn't yeah. mean to cut Simon out, but we're going we're, we're going back to your <laughs> your thoughts and everything about that uh, also. But you, now we're talking of uh, the BSK list that you played 2017, like one of your first versions, right? Hold it's on. the actual first version. Yeah. It's built. It's built from. From some cards I brought with me and Jukke's trade box, um, mm. so so we were kind of restricted on cards, but we we re we played Suchi, uh, which was pretty bad main deck, um, mm -hmm. uh, because like they have artifact removal and they will use it on the Suchis, so you yeah, basically wasted you a turn. But after yeah. board, it's very good for several reasons. And and in in your version, you're not playing Atox or any other no. artifacts that basically does anything but the Moxen. So you're not playing any vice or anything. So exactly. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. Um, and uh, I didn't play black in my first list. Um, the reason for that was we didn't have a demonic tutor. Um, <laughs> there wasn't okay. a, there wasn't an <laughs> unlimited demonic tutor available. Yeah. To to borrow. So so I mean. That made the deck build pretty easy. We cut yeah. black. Yeah. So. Uh, and we're, we're just touching on the early decks here. Uh, that The first deck I played with basically Lions. It's the, it's a, it's Fancy Sue, I guess, but it's not <laughs> the 12 volt deck, as you mentioned. So the first version I played was more of a uh, playing white instead of the blue red 
that was uh, the counterburn deck, I guess, that was uh, being played I mean, back then. Your deck is more similar to counterburn than to fantasy zoo, I think. Exactly. So I I even played the like I played flying men, two flying men, and two Sarahs. and uh, you can play Sarah, I guess, in fantasy zoo, especially in cyborg. You played one in your list uh, in the cyborg, uh, and. Uh, I played two in the main, so whatever, we will put up those uh, like early lists also in the show notes, but uh, like it's interesting to see how things evolve. That's what I guess where we're touching on it. Um, and we didn't even, I don't think we knew each other that well that back then. Hold on. We didn't, you, you mentioned you didn't look at my list and no, I, we, we knew each other uh, because yeah. that was yeah. uh, that was like um, the year. I mean, I didn't talk to you, but that was the year when we started talking about X Files. Me, Pad, and ah, Pad okay. and Ty at the hotel room. So it was mm -hmm. actually, I think it was Pad who came up with the name Fantasy Zoo, or mm -hmm. approved of it. I don't remember. Okay. So basically, it's uh, it's some kind of fantasy creatures like the mm -hmm. angel Suchis. Uh, lions are not that fantasy, but dibs. It's it's basically fantastical a, creatures, and it's a zoo deck also because you play a lot of bolts and cheap spells. So that that yeah. was the reasoning behind the name. And if I have to say, it's better than stuff like Dead Guy Ale, uh, mm. which makes no sense. Yeah, but everyone knows what it is now because it's such an established deck in mm. all formats. Would you say, Simon, that like the Savannah Lions are the key card to <laughs> playing white, or is it the removal lord? Because uh, Oland talked about like playing Dead Guy Ale and stuff like that. But so b basically, my my idea for playing white was I wanted to play Savannah Lions, but I also wanted Disenchant. This was at a time where I'd played the deck for over five years, mm. so I couldn't. If you also notice, I didn't have a Chaos Orb in my list. Uh, because mm. I got my first Chaos Orb in 2018 after playing yeah. old school for six years. Mm. I didn't want to play that. Yeah. Um, I think my list is a bit more controlish. But no, I don't know. <laughs> so, Simon, sorry. Like, let's get back to. Do you think the Lions are the key card to playing white? The pressure from that? Or is it the answers? Or how do you go about when you're playing fancy suit yeah so I, I, the premise for me was um i hadn't really played a whole lot of swedish um you know since i started playing old school in 2016 i played mostly four strip um i played way more four strip than anything else hmm. um and i had played zero games of online magic before uh covid pandemic 2020 so coming into 2020 you know i'd only ever played four strip um and then once i started playing online i played kind of everything i just played a bit of all of the formats but for whatever reason not a lot of swedish online so mm. I, I played you know uh, alpha 40 and seven points and mm. uh beasts 1.5 and all of these weird old school formats alice uh i played atlantic ec pack uh but almost no swedish but is, um, this, like, is this like basically online then or 
Like, yeah, I mean, because because during the pandemic, right? Okay, so, okay. You know, so this we is were whatever March. Yeah, so you know, maybe a couple months into the pandemic, mm. um, you know, maybe May or so. I had I had been lucky that two thousand the end of two thousand nineteen, I'd been to Eternal Weekend. Um, so whatever October, um, so I I did an event, and then early twenty twenty, I'd been to Chalice in California. And then um, right before kind of we started to kind of lock down, I think it was February, March of 2020, there was an event actually in San Antonio. Um, and that was sort of the end of my like playing in person for kind of an extended period of time as with everyone else, right? So um, I was pretty against playing online just because a big part of the old school to me was playing in person. That was one of the draws to me was get out the house for a bit, have a couple of drinks, uh, sling some old cardboard with friends or new friends. Uh, that was kind of a big draw to old school f- for me. Um, you know, or enemies. Sort of as, or enemies. You know, I mean, sometimes you don't know till you start playing them, exactly. uh, whether they're going to be a, a frenemy. But um, yeah, I had a I had a frenemy occurrence here. I talked to Olan about that because I played online game and I got like locked out in five minutes, and we had it's online. You set your you set your night aside for playing that game, and then I like got beaten in five minutes, and my opponent was so nice, and I just wished he weren't that nice, <laughs> so so I could I, I could hate him a bit. <laughs> at, at least at least he beat you quickly, right? Yeah, I guess yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get locked out and be sitting there for yeah, an hour while you can while your scoop, dinner guess, goes but... cold and you know your wife is mad and you don't get to see your kids <laughs> and you're just sit, sitting there frustrated. Uh, I guess you know people need to learn how to scoop. I yeah, think, yeah, is a good is good advice, and you know sometimes. <laughs> I, you know, I tried kids to, in life take precedence. I tried to get Orlan to give me some sympathy, but he says like, "I just play magic." That's <laughs> I don't. That was basically your response, Orlan. But but the thing is, like, I prefer to lose quick if I'm gonna lose, than lose okay. slowly. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, that's interesting. I like. I really like close games of magic. Those yeah, are me my, too. I like. Highly interact, you know those games mm-hmm. where you're both at four life or three yeah. life, you know, in, in a mirror match, kind of with burn spells, or um, you know the per- the next person that draws brain geyser or balance or whatever is going to be, you know, the, the advantage bar. Um, so I do really like those sort of games. Yeah, um, me too. I, like, like it's nice when they're swingy, but it's cool when it's back and forth then. But uh, but weren't you playing against Twiddlewalt? Yes. So, <laughs> so so sitting for an hour looking at a Twiddlewalt player not is fun. not. I mean, if no, well, I fun. didn't say that. I didn't say that was nice or at all. No, but <laughs> but the thing is, I had more info. Of course, it's fun when it's close games. But if you're playing against like Stasis or Twiddlewalt and and losing over an hour of time, it's not that great. Well, then it might not be clo- close or well. It can be close, like you're sitting yeah, and yeah. waiting for your yeah. for your top deck and you don't get it. Yeah, I I guess and it's that's a, it's the fun a, part about like when I, <laughs> so, so, like when <laughs> when uh, the deck player starts activating the book, I guess that's when you're like, <sighs> there's still a chance, but <laughs> probably not. Like yeah, I guess that's uh, there. There's always some some instances where it's not that nice uh, like you're waiting it out but and of course you shouldn't shouldn't scoop 
then, but soon enough when your opponent has seven cards in your hand and you're like drawing blanks, there's... I, I mean, yeah. that's that's one of the things with playing like 12 bolt decks. There's often a chance like you get them yeah. down to six or five. And yeah. I mean, you're two burn spells from winning. Uh, yeah. And we, we talked uh, briefly about like the counter burn deck. Uh, I think that went out of style when, well, for many reasons, but also because uh, like the Sidonable became so prevalent. There's so many of the threats in the blue red uh, counter burn deck, the original, what you would call it, that are Arabian. <laughs> that you, but then at least you could finish out with bolts. So there's always. But the, I mean, that. it it top eighted both Sia Borg and Nubcon in the yeah, no, of no, yeah, Svante, but so. it's an updated version. I think it's addressing the Sidon uh, of in a way. Uh, but but I've new versions. I think the new mm. versions of uh, of Fantasy Zoo also are a lot better. Yeah. Like so. S sorry to uh, like interrupt you, Olan, but we're <laughs> we're going here. So we're we're talking about uh, we're we're done talking about your earlier decks, and you want to talk about the we're back to the new version. We're, we're of the deck. We're back to Simon traveling to Gothenburg. I think. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So so you asked me about Savannah lines, and I, that was sort of I was get I was getting there slowly. Sorry. Um, no. No. Off track, but. The um, so sort of as I was playing, um, I played a ton twenty twenty. Then twenty one, I kind of burnt myself out online magic, and so I took a step back. I only played a few events online, uh, but part of my sort of assessment of old school was that one of the things as a long term goal that I sort of had was I wanted to eventually play at NoobCon, um, and in order to do that would mean that I would need to have Swedish legal cards, mm. and. In order to do that, I also needed to decide what deck I was going to build. Um, th so thankfully, I or I already had power. Um, all my power is alpha, beta, so I already had power. So that was kind of a huge hurdle that I didn't have to worry about. That you know some other people have to worry about. Um, but when I, because I like miscuts and misprints, uh, a lot of like all of my dual lands are revised. They're all miscut, but they're mm. revised. Yeah, and um, even your so, soul ring like, and yeah. my soul ring is yeah. yeah. So so I have I have tons of miscut revised, miscut fourth edition, hmm. miscut chronicles, uh, miscut gold bordered cards. Because for me, the important or interesting thing about these cards is um, you know the history or why you know it's misprinted or it's um, it's wrongly inked or it's miscut. I don't really care what set it's from. It's more about the card being messed up. <laughs> yeah. um, that's kind. Of, that's kind of the allure to me of the cards that I pick up, um, and so when I'm sort of picking up cards, I would just pick up whatever, um, as long as it was original art, I would pick it up. Right. So, so I'm not going to pick up a, a new art Sarah Angel because miscut, but I would pick up you know a revised, and I would play a miscut revised Sarah over a beta Sarah, which I think some people are like, why would you do that? You're you're crazy. It was just <laughs> kind of my my weird thing that I'm into. But so so as I was looking, so I, I had um, I actually used to have a full set prior to old school. Uh, um, I had a full set of unlimited duels, um, but as I picked up miscut ones, I got rid of my unlimited ones, um, replaced them with miscuts. So I only I had like nine left, nine unlimited duels left, and so I sort of took an assessment of those duels, and I basically narrowed it down to two different Swedish decks 
that I thought were competitive and fun and I would enjoy playing. Um, and those decks were, were basically the sort of the DFB green deck, splashing black, sort mm-hmm. of the mono green, um, but, but with black specifically, I just don't think the mono green deck quite has enough power. I think you really need the black in there. Mm-hmm. And then some sort of lion dib bolt or some sort of blue red counterburn, blue red black counterburn. Those were sort of, um, those were sort of the three decks identified. I, and then I identified as I think everybody does that has spent any time looking at Swedish decks, that the deck is probably the best deck in the format. And what? my, I know we, I know, I know new, new stuff for all of your listeners. <laughs> But but what that meant was I said well if I'm going to pick up cards and buy cards that I'm gonna, I want to enjoy playing them but I also want to have something that will be competitive against the deck mm-hmm. um, and so that sort of led me down the road of um, I actually ended up going and getting cards for the green black deck and for Lion Dip Bolt I started collecting both because the mono green deck is basically bayous right everything else is pretty budget other than the bayous um, yeah I think yeah like this. Because I already have Chaos Orb and I have power, so yeah. like the Moxon, like the right, which Pendlehavens, right. they, they aren't that much. The no, it's it's, it's nothing except the the bios. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I already and I already had I I had mazes and I had Pendlehavens already because I I had played the mono green deck, um, you know, before anyway, and so I had those cards. So, you know, I, I basically I started picking up those cards, um, and that led me to having to pick up. A, you know, unlimited dual lands, which was quite unpleasant, um, and picking up you know unlimited savannah lions and stuff, um, which you know you can see my deck list picture from the derby. I obviously didn't play with the Swedish legal cards. Uh, I played with my messed up ones because um, those are more fun um, to me. But but that's where I sort of identified by and and then by identifying. So the the, the derby the, list you're talking about, like yes, that you're you're playing. So like we're going we're going into what you're playing in Nubcon, but now uh, like what you won with in the Summer Derby are the miscut versions of. It's kind of a similar list, but which one? They're almost like, yeah. They're almost so. I think that the main deck is the same. Mm. Um, so the sideboard is the only, so the main deck is is, is basically exa- is the same mm. between the two. Mm. Um, so. And and you can, and so as I was building the deck too, so so you know identified lions is better than flying men for beating the deck, which is why I think the fantasy zoo lion dip bolt is slightly better um, than the blue red deck against the deck, mm. um, especially when you add with the twelve bolt spells, and then you also get disenchant if they're on the abyss, uh, which is just better than um, shatter for obvious reasons. So you you kind of you're the same deck as blue red, the blue red black sort of counterburn deck. Except from all of your things are slightly more powerful. So Savannah Lines is slightly better than Flying Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disenchant is slightly better than Shatter. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you just you you just slightly upgrade and the down your, each card. You're hedging. Yeah. Exactly. And the, the downside is you're you're more reliant on City of Brass, but that doesn't matter against the deck. Yeah, and like maybe the like if you're playing it depends like in your version. Let's just go through uh, your main deck, uh, but you're, you're not playing that many Swords to Plowshares, but that could be a weird <laughs> like instance when you're giving your opponent life, I guess. But uh, what, yeah, what, are we, what are we playing main deck then uh, in uh, Fancy Zoo? Um, so the creature suite is uh, four lions, 
two dibs and two Sarahs um, and four factories. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you're playing the 12 bolts. Uh, so four lightning bolt, four chain lightning, four sonic blast, uh, two counter spells. It's one counter spell and one mana drain. Um, and then basically all of the restricted cards, um, balance, wheel, twister, ancestral, time walk, demonic, mind twist. Chaos or um, yeah. Chaos or yeah. And then, yeah, you're, all of the Moxon, except for not Emerald, uh, only playing the on-color Moxon. Um, so that's a big thing. I don't like playing the off-color Moxon. Again, kind of a personal preference. I think if you play the Tog, you do want the fifth Moxon. Mm-hmm. If you play like one or two Tog, but if you're playing no Togs, I don't think you want it. It's mm-hmm. kind of an awkward dance. Obviously, when you're playing Sarah and Dib, the Moxon are fine, but they don't fix your mana. And I think that the Scrubland that I have as yeah. a sixth source, it's better to have the colored sources. Yeah, um, I think people are playing too greedily mana bases as it is. So uh, yeah, it's nice to be explosive, I guess. Uh, but on the cost of not being able to play some spells, it's maybe <laughs> a bad choice uh, in, at some point. Yeah, I, th- I think I agree with that. And I think I got all the spells except for three disenchant and swords. I think those are I think that's the remaining spells. And mm-hmm. then a stack of land and then a stack of lands. Um, just trying to get the best mana base possible. Which and the mana's not bad. I mean, you do have double blue, like you said. You have you have um I think there's four main spells that are double. There's a mana drain and counter spell and two Sarahs. Yeah. Um almost everything else is single colour and the, all of those spells are mid-game, right? So mm-hmm. your likelihood of counterspelling something on turn two is not that high. But that's okay. Usually what you're doing is you're playing a Savannah Lions, you're playing some sort of threat, or you're, you know, you're draw sevening, and then whenever they start, to, your opponent starts to interact with you, that's when you want to counterspell. So you either counterspell to protect your threat, or you're counterspelling to protect your draw seven. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's a I mean, it's a very light smattering of counterspells. There's also the reb in the sideboard, um, but it's really just a light. Just it's just enough to try and keep your opponent a little bit off balance. You're not like the the blue red uh, counterburn deck. You're not sort of aggressively countering all their spells. You're just mm. trying to counter just enough, have a little bit of permission that they have to play around counterspells, and you're hoping to sort of squeak in your threats, um, and then, you know, post-board, you're hoping to use your counter spells to make sure your Armageddon resolves or, you know, counter their brain guys. Well, you're, yeah, you're, and, you're, and you have the right answers more than, like, a two-color deck might have. Yeah, I mean, so I have a philosophy in sort of magic, and it also applies particularly to, I think, um, the playing against the deck, is when the deck is the best deck, uh, their two best cards are probably Library and Mind Twist. And I don't like to not have answers to mind twist. Mm-hmm. And counter spells basically the only answer to mind twist. You you either need to mind twist them first, or you need to be able to counter mind twist. There's not very many ways to react to mind twist in old school, right? You're either going to fork it or counter spell it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't like to leave home without some number of counter spells for that reason. It feels bad to get mind twisted, so I'd rather just have some counter spells. I don't have a lot, so I could still get mind twisted, obviously. But at least having some means, I mean, there was, I can't remember, I think it was one of my top 16 matches um, where I you're, basically- You're talking about the sum, Summer Derby now. The Summer Derby, sorry, yeah, yeah sorry. You can skip before. But anyway, a, a common play pattern is that you demonic two to four mana drain or counter spell, you know, when you're ahead, right? That is something, yeah. that, you know- If, when if you, you don't, when you don't know what to, two to four, it's usually an ancestral, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, ancestral is your default, but when you when you know what's going on in the game, right? Yeah. You're in the middle of the game. It's and a mind you don't twist, need... or just yes, things as it is. <laughs> well, and sometimes the games go, the games get to the mid game, right? And both players have played their ancestral, and maybe you played your mind twist, but they haven't played theirs, so you can't get mind. Maybe you played your mind twist and interest ancestral, and so you're just protecting yourself from their brain geyser their mind twist, their powerful spell. And so having the counters is, is really powerful yeah. there. Having access to them. Um, you know, I would like, I could even see another counter spell somewhere in the 75. Um, mm. It's it's really good, even though it is a little tough on the mana, but the, the mana supports it. Again, not on turn two, but on turn four, you should be able to play counters. I have two we questions for Orlan regarding like the Mana and uh, what he said earlier, but first I need to go and grab another beer. So, quick break. You said uh, Simon had a new like take on the fantasy zoo. Uh, that's my first question. Going into like the mono base because we we I think that's a big thing with uh, this deck, and I want to delve a bit deeper into it. But first off, what what's the new take that you would say that uh, Simon has with the, this deck? Well, the new take, or like, for a long time everyone played four Serendibs, then the Triforce played zero Serendibs, and this deck has two Serendibs. Mm -hmm. Which, I don't know if I've ever seen anyone play exactly two Serendibs before in a deck. Yeah, me neither. So, so that, that's a new take, that's something I've never seen in old school before, I think. Mm. Uh. And a new old take, which I like, is adding the 20th land. Yes. I think people should uh, have... But, but you want to play cards, of course, that does stuff. But I also think that people should sideboard lands at some point. <laughs> I, I like having more lands in the 75, uh, usually. Uh, but what would you say about like the mono base? Uh, once again, like Simon, you, like the 20, 20 land is that where we at? And uh, you you can't afford playing basics, of course. And Blood Moon is a threat <laughs> at well, the very least. But well, uh, how well, would you go about building a zoo mana base? One thing that's interesting about this is that this has more white sources than Alban Lauter's Noobcon winning deck. Mm -hmm. And it plays fewer white spells, and that is very important when you play lions. Yes, to have enough white sources, else the mm -hmm. the classic turn three lion play comes yeah. up a lot. Uh, and so even like yeah, exactly drawing into and your disenchants and even like Simon, you're only playing one swords in main. That's an interesting. The I. I like touched yeah. on that a bit, but 
Uh, what's your thought on swords in like this deck? Yeah, so I a couple couple of reasons. Uh, one, whenever you play Chain Lightning, no one ever puts you on swords, and you do get some random game moments where you get to play because of that. And or they see Scrubland and they've seen Chain, mm. they put you on no removal. They they try and have a free sneaky factory attack. <laughs> um, I, I I killed a lot of random factories, and so that's usually what you're killing. You you know because you're the game. because you're keeping a ton run tapped or something like that, right? Exactly. So you're 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 keeping you know maybe you're keeping your double blue untapped um, for your to, to sort of feign counterspell. You don't really have counterspell, but then you get them with the swords of plowshares. Mm. Um, it's good. To, I like to really push my demonic tutor very hard. So having access to another swords is very good for that reason as well, right? Gives you Chaos Sword plus Sword to Demonic 2 to 4, depending on the situation. Um, in the mirror match, you can sword your own creature to gain life, which is also very important, or sword your own, own factory. Um, there's a lot of weird corner cases. It's obviously a bit awkward with the 12 burn spells, mm. um, but you sometimes, if you're attacking with a factory and a, and a lion, say, and you sword the creature, you're usually... That's usually even a Sarah, right? I saw okay, I sword your Sarah. It's fine. You basically you, you don't you just fa you lose an attack, but you got rid of their blocker and their best threat, and you're, you're you know you're back to parity again, um, and you're and your advantage because you have the board present. So the the sword is good. I had two more in the sideboard. Um, it just is so good in so many situations. The life gain is relevant. Just obviously another another instant speed way through blockers, right? They they say oh you've already played two bolts. You play the Sonic Blast, you know, th there's a lot of sort of corner cases, um, mm -hmm. and that's why I have it there. It could be the fourth Disenchant, or it could be the first D.O., uh, Divine Offering main. Um, I think I like the Swords instead. Uh, obviously, if you think there's a lot of Blood Moons, you play the fourth Disenchant. If you think there's going to be a lot of um, BB-8 robots, Swords and D.O. Yeah. are both good against that deck. Like the um, U.S. You know, meta with a lot of robots, maybe. Like the Div Divine Offering is... A good choice in some. Instances. Yeah, that's why I played. Yeah. That's why I played the three in the derby, right? I played three in the sideboard, three divine offering, and it really should probably be two divine offering, one disenchant. In sort of, if I'm sort of being a bit more correct with the deck list, but I was like, I think because it did quite well at NoobCon, and it looks a fun deck, right? I think it's a fun, like it's fun in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I think it's bad against the deck, unfortunately, but I think it's 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 a very serviceable deck everywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's it's actively good, so uh, I figured there might be some more of that deck, uh, kind of just in the field. Um, yeah. You know, when whenever there's so few decks, it's hard not to pick up a deck that looks fun, <laughs> that's just done well. Yeah. It's very hard to not be like, ooh, that looks fun. Let's 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 jam <laughs> that. So, but yeah, no. Sword, I mean, Swordsword's excellent. Uh, it does look a bit weird as a one-off, but I think there's a lot of corner cases where it just it plays out quite well. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you, you're usually killing factory. Like, um, because which, Orland, usually you only play one terror, but is it because of the drawback of it, or...? <laughs> what, what, where do you usually only play one terror? Well, I, if, you, if you play, sometimes you side, have a sideboard, if you're not playing white, if you, you, you have a terror, because it's nice having a terror at some times. Uh, I, I don't usually see one swords. No, I mean, as I said, yeah. you usually don't see one sword, you usually don't see see Serendibs, but you usually don't see swords at all in this deck. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So 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 yeah. Not yeah. even in the seventy-five. Yeah, I think I think it's um, I think it's side. sometimes in the side. Yeah, yeah. So I think sometimes it, in the side, but uh, Stebbo plays it in the sideboard. I know uh, in his twelve bolt list. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so yeah, it's a uh, we had a um, a bit of a different. My my deck was a bit different at NoobCon um, mm-hmm. compared to this, but it's I mean it's the the essence is the same, basically. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, the essence is uh, <laughs> like getting shipping in damage and uh, ending with damage to the head. Uh, and I, I would, uh, I would argue with this being the best draw seven, like wheel time twister deck. Also, uh, I can't mm. even fathom no. a better deck. The eight okay, okay, so. Um, Pray tell why we say Torga better. Because you play Velakwise, so uh, there's mm-hmm. there, that mm-hmm. upside as well, and you can get the the more artifacts from the draw seven to swing for lethal with your Atog. So and you play twelve bolts. So so basically, Atog is leaner on like the lower mana curve, also maybe or no? Well, yeah, it is. It doesn't play Sarah's. So <laughs> Sarah, Sarah's a case of being higher on mana curve. But yeah, you're, you're not playing that. Everything is three, basically, right? And below? Yeah, there's there's nothing in the main deck that costs more. Yeah, than yeah, two. okay. Well, well, yeah, then you're absolutely right about that. Uh, still, it's very nice to have the draw sevens in these types of decks because you're always able to. I think that's basically the problem with draw sevens that it's nice as a comeback. It's always the survival mode trying to go find the time walk or whatever, but uh, actually unleashing your hand and then drawing seven more cards is very nice. It's and I think this deck does that also. I think it's not, uh, I mean, often people who play it that don't play like very aggressive it's not a great comeback card because you give your opponent especially if your opponent's not tapped out like okay if you give give uh, play a draw seven against this deck which has like five mana tapped up it's like yeah it's almost a death sentence yeah so so yeah I, i'm i think that some people tend to overplay the draw sevens in non-aggressive decks or mm-hmm. combo combo decks mm-hmm yeah, like the sideboarding and but well, I've been seeing like fewer and fewer uh, like usually in the deck and all of different control decks you did see the time twister, but I'm I'm seeing fewer and fewer in the heavier control decks. I I, w- I would say that. Uh in the deck time twister was always a 50 50 card to play in the 75 uh, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people didn't play it some played it always some played it in the sideboard um it's in the deck it's powerful because you can just play all your artifacts and then twister mm-hmm. uh, if you're on the play but yeah you have to have it in your opening hand so Simon, let's get back to like you playing the summer derby because uh, Olan already spoiled it for us. You won that, and uh, how did you decide to even play this deck then? Because we we're pacing between the 
Nuke Contact and this. And there is a sideboard difference that we might get into a bit later, but uh, what's up with uh, your Summer Derby experience overall? Yeah, I mean, so s basically I had taken the version uh, to Nukon and had got ninth with the asterisks because I think they messed up the pairings in the last round. <laughs> uh -huh. So, so uh, you, but it should have gone top eight. No, so? no, I think I think I was ninth, and I maybe actually was tenth okay, instead of okay. ninth. There was some. I think there was some. Error, but on the night, I thought I was ninth. So you know, I thought I was robbed. Uh, but uh -huh. and I was I was I was blaming uh, Mikatai mostly because. Um, <laughs> I, I had lost to him and he just, I, I lost to him and then I won all my matches and he just like didn't win any. That um, sounds so like Mikitai, was... right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. One, winning yeah. random matches, like going, like flaming through. Uh, yeah, so I, but so, but so the deck had performed very well um, during um, Newcom, you know, ninth or 10th, whatever. Like I was very close. I felt like the deck was good. Um, uh, Will and Svanta were like, those two dibs cannot be right. You should be playing four dibs. Um, you're crazy. Um, so I, I, got, I got, you know, and then and then on the other end, I, I had sort of like Seth and them like, you should be playing zero dibs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and just well, you know, then to, to two circle between them, that seems still right. Well, <laughs> so 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 I think the thing on dibs is you cannot play four Sidney Brass, four dibs, and four Sardin Blast. Mm-hmm. You cannot play all twelve of those cards. Mm. Um, I mean, you can, but you're going to lose to your own life total being too low yeah, a bunch and, of the time. And the mana curve is a bit clunky then. Also, you need like yeah, mana. I guess yeah, the mana curve is clunky. But you know, you could take my deck and take out two Sarahs and put in two dibs, and that would reduce the mana curve. But I just think you would die. You would well, die. You would lose still, a lot of games. I think you need to have it. It's weird with Mox and, and Lotus, of course, and uh, Solring, but still you need to have, like, if you lay it out, you need to, when do I play each card? And sometimes if you have two dibs, it's nicer to be able to play one Sarah instead of one dib also, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. Basically, I mean, my thought on the dibs were, one, I think dib is probably the best creature um, in old school that's not Mistress Factory. Um, so I like playing dibs. Um, I played a lot of dibs uh, in four strip um, and have, you know, had a lot of success with dibs. Um, but I think that as good as it, and it's really, and it's good in Swedish and it's very good against the deck too. So I, I didn't, I didn't quite go with the Triforce side of zero dibs is good. But I also didn't like what doing playing four four dibs sometimes leads you to cutting chain lightnings and adding swords of plowshares in the main deck, mm -hmm. which is kind of a more mid range version of the deck. Mm. And I don't I didn't like the mid range version, and I didn't like the version that didn't have the dibs. Um, so I, I have kind of split the difference a little bit where I want the burn spells because um, they're good against the deck. I want some number of dibs because it's a great threat against the deck. Um, but I'm not full in on all twelve of for Sydney, for Sonic Blast, for Dib, because just too much damage. Mm. You know, because I, I think ultimately what happens is th this deck, I think, has a lot of very keepable uh, hands mm -hmm. because you, you have, and so I think um, it was maybe one of the commentaries that you did on with Mano. I think Mano was saying, 
man, this deck looks so good whenever it played Lion. And while that's <laughs> yeah. true, it also, ha when you don't play Lion, your hands should be good as well. Because you're either playing, you're either keeping a hand because it has Lion, you're keeping a hand because it has Ancestral, you're keeping a hand because it has a, a draw seven, you're keeping a hand because it has a turn two dib. Mm. So like, you're, you have so many keepable hands that are so good, which really just, you know, you're, you don't have to mulligan quite as much, or you can mulligan and you have two draw sevens to sort of mulligan out as well. Mm. Um, so you have a lot of really keepable hands, which helps a lot as well. Um, and then sometimes you just, you jam a Serra on turn one. Um, it has it has, a, has a wide range of very sort of good, you know, very, it doesn't even have to be a broken hand, right? A hand that goes Tundra line into uh, a second blue source into a counter spell to counter that thing is a very, you know, reasonable hand. And then you can, you know, if you can out tempo them from there with your burn spells, you can often get that line to deal eight damage, eight yeah. points of damage, right? You know, you counter their threat, you play a factory, you mm. play a burn spell. Suddenly, suddenly, you know, once you get your opponent down to, you know, there's sort of sweet spots with numbers, right? You know, 10 is a sweet spot because Sionic Blast <laughs> and two bolts. Um, you know, you, you, depending on kind of how the game rolls out. And then you get to, you know, as Alan said, you get to you get to churn out your spells. You, you get to one for one them. Uh, hopefully you have mana left, you know, um, end of turn, bolt them, untap, draw seven. You know, oh, I got double chain or bolt chain. Yeah. Here's six more damage to your threat, to your face. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot of keepable hands, but I think Dib is part of that. I think not having the Dib, you do get maybe more turn one plays if you're playing the Togs, but I think you have to be on the five Moxon. And I, I, I did try that for NoobCon. I tried um, one, I tried four Lions, one Tog, one Dib, two Serras. Um, I was pretty sure, like I was, you know, 100% sure on uh, Lion. I was pretty sure I needed more creatures than just the Serras. I did like the Serras because sometimes the deck plays the Serra Angel. And if you have four Sonic Blasts and you have a couple Serras and you have Counterspell, that's very difficult for them to deal with. Mm -hmm. um, How come? You know, and then, well, they have two Serras yeah. and four Counterspell and four Swords. And now you have you have your own couple of Counterspells. You have your own couple of threats, either just a block, right? Okay, so you're well, I play my Serra Angel. Or... Yeah, so I mean, they have, so so they're, then their big upside is, um, is book, right? And so you need to manage mm. books. So you need to use your, you need to disenchant on their books. Uh, you need to use your bolts on their factories, yeah. swords on their factory, or the Sarah. I think um, this is also interesting with the like US meta because as robots is such a big part of the that, maybe because the different formats. <laughs> so sometimes you can play four uh, workshops and four strip mines and whatever, and then usually robots. People, th there's more people playing robots, I feel. And then Divine Offering is a bigger, it's a better card overall. And more people are playing Divine Offering. Uh, maybe it's it has adapted or not over here. I don't know. What do you think, Ola? Uh, like, um, I think uh, Robots is very much played in Europe. It's, it's yeah. a very prominent deck. But I wouldn't mean, you say that Divine Offering is not as much played here as it is in the states or yeah i think I... so but it's 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 getting more and more popular like now when mm. everyone has their suit everyone plays suchis in europe yeah like everyone exactly. plays suchi yeah. like you, yeah you, you almost can't see a match without people playing suchis in their 75s yeah and everybody's doing the 
Even if they're not playing it main, we're going into sideboard soon, Simon, but <laughs> you, you yeah. have it somewhere. Uh, and that goes for, like, if you're playing uh, Radiant cards, overall, you but have the Suchi in the sideboard. But I want I, I want to com comment on that. Simon said about uh, for City, for Psionic Blast, for Dibs, and I totally agree with that. Uh, I went the different route because I played two City of Brass, four Dibs, three Psionic Blast main and a fourth Psionic Blast in the sideboard for obvious for the for the slower decks. So mm. so I think that the the original version where you played main deck four cities, four dibs, four psionic blasts was uh, yeah, you Agreed. ended up you ended up with psionic blast in your hand and you couldn't win or you ended up mm. with dibs killing you because you played three dibs and they played a a, a Sarah or something and it's like yeah this is terrible. But what do you do, what do you say, Olan, about like the cities? Uh, you need four cities in this deck, right? No. Okay. Uh, as I said, I played I played two, and it worked. Yeah, but but I don't I didn't really comprehend. No. You, you is your version? How would you go about? That? You just need two, or what? I I think that your mana base gets a little bit worse, of course, with uh, with two city of brass. Uh, um, but so you are playing more dips, right? And I can't play black. Okay. That's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's yeah. you. You lose. You lose okay. demonic and mind okay, twist, okay. and also your blue. Your you lose a couple of blue sources as well, right? So yeah, mm. I have um, um, like yeah, maybe one blue source. One or two blue one blue source and one white source. I lose. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So and then you lose black. Yeah. So I mean, I think again, if you're if we're sort of. Um, min-maxing here we want to maximize the power of the deck we want mind twist and demonic yeah. mm. um th there's so many play patterns right they're just yeah it's you, i think whenever... especially the demonic i usually feel that way that like if you have a and like one answer even if you're playing balance demonic is better <laughs> if I, you're playing i totally any card yeah, I totally agree. I think demonic is way more important than mind twist in this deck. Um, mm. that, that's like, and even like as Simon said with uh, with uh, sword to plowshares. I mean, I don't want to play one sword to plowshares without a demonic tutor. No way. Yeah. There's no. The demonic right. tutor is probably another swords or yeah yeah i don't exactly. play I, don't, I didn't play sword because i played i played uh, 11 creatures because i played mm. uh, iron claw yeah. orcs as well yeah that's uh, what <laughs> so that's so what you, i love with demonic you can play one of it of anything yeah. any answer and you feel like you have <laughs> two of it in a way yeah so you you just i think demonic in swedish though too right with the library uh and only one strip mine yeah you, just, you have you, just, you basically you're forced to play demonic in Sweden yeah. to deal with to, to have more you need more that's the re that's the reason there's a get a get in, in the sideboard too is because just having just having a chaos orb and a strip mine just feels bad that's not quite the yeah. answer I'm so you, just the demonic thing because like the first time I got get with like having everything in an untapped uh, library even a counter spell and someone playing a demonic tutor and i was like yeah go ahead <laughs> oh no i can't counter a strip mine <laughs> yeah classic yeah but yeah i agree i i had to play one armageddon main as well um for several yeah. reasons it's really good against mace as it's well. good 
yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, yeah. But you're only playing two dibs. That's also like a. I'm, yeah, I'm really interested in how uh, like that works out in the end. And I think it's uh, like we <laughs> like old school is so weird because the format is set in a way because we already agreed on the deck being <laughs> the best deck. But like yep. the meta is still at some other level and people are playing different versions of whatever. And we're so like sometimes people just play like okay now it's we have the mahotni summer right what moti moti summer hot moti summer yeah uh, yeah, yeah, that that's not a great card, but yeah, uh, we, we we didn't. Uh, I mean, the memes with yeah the moti lying in bed wasn't this supposed to be a moti summer? Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like we we we're, we're we're agreeing on something on one level, like oh, this is true, but then we're doing something else in in another room or whatever. But yeah, uh, I'm. Like clearly, uh, clearly, Dib is a very, very good card, uh, and this is what's so interesting with old school that we have sitting in a bottle, like low, like like <laughs> casting a shadow over all of the Arabian cards, uh, and maybe that's why we, you can play four cities. Uh, you only have two threats basically that are affected by it, but still you're playing for Suchis in the sideboard. Uh, tell us about that, uh, Simon. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I, I think it does really help against Bottle, like you said, to only have the two dibs, and there's also have library main deck, right? So I have seven. Yeah, well, seven, everyone seven, has library main. Yeah. Even if seven cards. <laughs> yeah. Seven. I mean, so there's seven cards. Um, also, you know, we, as I think Magic players, we do a lot of shortcuts, right? So when someone sees Dib, they put me on four Dibs. Yeah. They, they see Saren Dib, I'm on, that guy's yeah, on. So if they, have bo- if, yeah. if they have Bottle, they're bringing Bottle in. Yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're a bit of a tease. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so, so basically, especially, so... I think blue white the, this this color pie a blue white red. Uh, there's no black cards in the sideboard, but blue blue white red has the best sideboard cards in mm. general. Um, and then I also you know I think the derby has open decklist for top sixteen, uh, which adds another element to this. But basically in in the two batches, I take out my dibs, and I'm either bringing in some combination of Suchis and Sarahs. So they're seeing they see dibs. They're usually bringing in bottles or revs, and then they're cutting disenchants and chapters. And so I can either bring in suchis, and there's less chapters. When um, would you? Okay, we're, we're we're talking generally, of course, but like when would you go for? Because you have uh, the cyborg is uh, one Sarah creature wise, one Sarah yep. and four suchis. Yep. Like, how are you hedging in each way, each each direction? Because that's five cards, and you you don't generally take out your burn. And what would you do? You can take out a 
draw seven, I guess, and balance yeah, so maybe, I and I don't know. So actually, I actually do like to take out Burn a lot. Okay. Um, again, it depends very much on the matchup. So the deck, the main deck is made to be, I made it in my mind to be pretty good against the deck. So it's, I don't know, 55% against the deck instead of most decks are 50 or under. Um, I want to be on the high side. So maybe I'm 55 or 57%, whatever the percentage is, I'm, I feel favored against the deck. I can still lose because it's obviously a powerful deck. Do you but, really think you're 55% w like winning against this, with yes. this against it? Yes. I don't really, I don't really. I agree. The deck is the deck. Do you agree? Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Why I, is that? I don't, I, I can't really see it. It's it's really hard for for the deck to beat twelve uh, burn. Tw twelve burn and the lions like they have four swords. Okay. Like, like yeah. they have four swords and they have four counter spells. This deck is so. It's, how would you guys the... feel if someone is playing like lightning bolts in the deck? Does that do anything or uh, ivory towers or whatever? What, what what type of the deck are we thinking about here? Like the well, no one is yeah, so reasonably I, playing ivory towers. So, so mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I played against four different versions of the deck uh, in Summer Derby um, and beat them all. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, I think so. Like what Alan said is, I think is the most important thing is the deck has four counter spell and one mana drain. I have one mana drain and one counter spell, so they basically have plus three counter spells for me. Um, but I have a bunch of cards that they don't really want to counter, but become must counters. So if I can sneak any threat on the table, now they have the swords. If I ever counter spell, they have. To, if I ever counter spell their removal spell, they have to counter back. Um, and now they're minus one counter spell. Uh, they never want to counter a chain lightning. Uh, my bolts can hit their factories and hit their face. My sonic blasts can hit their Sarah Angels if they're playing Sarah Angel and also dumb them for four. They don't really want to counter a sonic blast. End of turn sonic blast you for four. They don't ever want to counter that. Like obviously if they're at four or they're at eight and then mm. double counter spell, they might have to. But you can put them in these positions where they have to play draw go. Um, yeah, but and they're in a okay. I'm I'm really stretching here, but how does this differ from the blue red uh, matchup? Because then, well, is it just it's, because it's sealed on a bottle, or b b no? Because sometimes no. Uh, we what's, see what's the what's the what's the power and toughness of flying men said? Well, it's one. I don't, I, what, yeah. What, so Savannah Lion is does twice as much damage twice as quickly. That well, is we huge. We do have a flying man. <laughs> we, we have a we 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 have the mistress sometimes, don't we? But is it because of all the lightning? I, I'm not really really set on it. You guys played it a bunch, so I I don't know. You, you yeah. So I mean, Savannah Lions is huge, right? I mean, Savannah Lions attacks into a factory. Um, you know, uh, and it puts them in it puts them in an awkward position, right? So on um, turn three or four, you attack in with your Savannah Lions. They can have let's say it's turn four. They have four mana. One is a factory. They have double blue. They're in the position where they can activate factory, and they can potentially counterspell a removal, mm -hmm. right? For me, so that's that's their that's their best position. But on turn three, they cannot activate that factory. 
because they because then you bolt their factory and now they yeah. lose a land and you're just you just you just are so far ahead so you put them in these weird positions where they're just really not and you also have sonic blast too right so you have four bolts and four sonic blasts and three disenchant and mm -hmm. swords mm -hmm. in my list yeah, right that is a lot of ways go the whole route of giving up your if you if you gain two damage from your lions and then just chain the uh, like the Mishra's factory, that might that's also a win, I guess. If if you uh, attack one time and yeah, the next turn he tries to activate the factory. But then then you, then you lose a lot by chaining it after it kills the lion. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you but two for one yourself. That's I mean, also a win. Right? Yeah, yeah, but it's it's if it was a lightning bolt, it would be a, a huge win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm just stretching here, trying to make sense of it. <laughs> chain, uh, chain is the worst. Chain is the worst card for sure. I mean, in that matchup, chain is the worst card. But again, it's three damage that they don't want to counter. And you yeah. put, you know, you so you you if you play lion or you're getting in there with factory, you know, every factory or lion hit plus a lightning bolt or a chain. Is five damage. That's a four-turn clock. Yeah. Right. If you if you can keep up that momentum, and you have a lot of cards, you know, again, they have three more counters than you. But um, let's pre-board. They have to counter Time Twister. They have to counter Wheel of Fortune. Uh, even even Dib and Sarah Angel are problematic just for adding speed to your clock. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, almost every card is good against them, right? Probably the worst card that's in my main deck is probably Swords. And it still deals with factory. And if they happen to be playing Sarah, it's still function. It's a functional card, if not amazing. Yeah. Um, but every card in the main deck does something against the deck. Mm. Like there's not a dead card. I think a lot of of, of decks, um, you know, so, even like the blood. Yeah, blood yeah, moon yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not keep on arguing here, but so the deck is still the deck because it beats all of the other decks better I, than this does. I think this deck does struggle against some of the mid-range decks, and it definitely has rough matchups. Blood Moon can be a problem. Um, there's, there, it's not. I'm not saying this is the best deck, and I'm saying that I think this is maybe the best deck against the deck. Mm -hmm. It definitely has other problems for sure. Yeah. Uh, the Mono Green deck can be a huge problem for this deck. There's, there's a lot of decks that cause this deck problems, but how, this deck how come again. The Mono Green deck is a problem for this deck. Is it because of so the mono denial plan of that also, or uh, I mean, so they, I mean, they, they can, they can, they can snipe your um, your factories um, mm -hmm. with ice storms or your city of brass. Um, they can bottle you. Uh, you still have seven cards. That yeah, they usually bottle. main bottle. Savannah right? Alliance yeah. is, usually have... is atrocious against this. Yeah. Savannah yeah. Alliance is really bad. Serendip like... is really bad against Maze. Uh, I mean, so so you, the way that you beat that deck is uh, Burn Spells, Balance, and Sarah Angel. Mm -hmm. um, but 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 that is a small. That's a very small part of your deck. You know, the way that you beat the deck is basically casting any of your cards on curve. Um, is 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 sometimes enough to be there. I mean, the deck can still win, right? The deck can. They like. I. They jam abyss turn two. They um. They get. They get tome going, right? And they get. To, they just tome lock you. You mm. can certainly win. You can certainly lose to that. Um, but the deck needs a little bit of setup to get there. And when you're attacking them with factories and lions, uh, aggressively, and they know you have burn spells. So you know a lot of the mono green decks. They're attacking the deck. The deck will just take take it right you take the damage they don't have any burn spells you know maybe there's a hurricane in there mm. um they can take they can absorb the damage 
they get they get home going and then they get their card advantage they balance you they play the abyss they play moat whatever depending on which version they play sarah angel they can sort of set up their fort you can't really set up that kind of protective uh the abyss sarah angel moat against the deck with 12 burn spells who's also managed to chip in for you know let's say six to ten damage early game with combination of lions factories dips Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm getting into it. I still think that there's <laughs> versions of uh, the deck. Once again, the old school meta is weird, and I still think that you can build uh, the deck that's clearly better than uh, the Fantasy Zoo or LDB. Uh, deck but as Olan said you're not usually playing Ivory Towers you don't play I don't know Cop Reds I don't I haven't seen Cop that many. Red is terrible against this deck. yeah yeah well it's, okay. no it's it's terrible it's it's so bad yeah it's yeah it's really medium it's really medium but, I mean, um, like, I mean if you have one you, you put it in, and then you, okay, I have my burn spells in hand, I draw a disenchant, I get rid of your cop, and then tr- throw four bolts in your head, you're dead. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah. you don't have any red creatures, so you can't Correct. use it every turn against... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, cop red is probably one of the most overplayed cards in sideboard, and it's very mediocre. Yeah. Yeah, but but you get to play it as your sixteenth uh, cyber card. So no, but you have to play the first at fifteenth and then the second okay, at sixteenth. Okay. Yeah. So so yes. you have to play. You two. still lose a slot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's you, a bit you, you like gain a slot, work. but you lose a slot. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, I mean, my my giant shark is slightly worse than that COP red, but I'm I'm not that <laughs> sad actually. So if if I net deck a list that's COP red, I just change it out for my shark and be done with it. <laughs> Okay. Seb, you 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 were you were asking about the um, the sideboarding though and the burn, and I mentioned I sideboard out burn a lot. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I think that. So I I said the sort of um, I think the the will the Will McGrand version of the deck was much more mid range, and then the sort of Triforce was much more aggressive, and they kind of sticked to those plans. I think what I like here is I can pivot to either of those plans. Um, so I, the main deck is pretty aggressive. I don't get to get that much more aggressive post-sideboard other than you know maybe bringing in a fireball and some tweaks mm-hmm. to sort of tweak the deck a little bit. But post-sideboard, if I'm taking out the dibs, um, you know, if I don't think they're on artifact removal, I think Suchi is good, I can bring in Suchi's. Or sometimes I'll just go to four lions and three Saros. That's also mm-hmm. a fine creature suite. Um, sometimes I do bring in, you know, all five creatures. Like against the mono green deck, I'd probably bring in all five of the creatures, even though Suchi is a bit awkward because um, they might have Crumble and they obviously have Scavenger Folk. But there's, I have so many dead cards. But I do, I did take out. I, I mean, I take out. Um, you know, I think against the let's say the robots deck that's not the eight bolts. Yeah. Sort of. So like the blue, white, black. Uh, robots. I would take out um, my chain lightnings and my draw seven um, against that deck.
up. Because this is like, it's not spike, but it's like, you, you know what's up. You know well, what Simon is a, Simon is a spike. So, so yeah, yeah there's <laughs> okay. no, no discussion there. It's okay, like, okay. That's, we, we don't even have to go there. I mean, when, when we talk about like, but I'm know, liking it. That's what I'm coming. Li like, listen to, coming. to the people in, he has named, he has named Svante, Will and Seth, the people we talked about some okay, of the sure. biggest spikes. Um, and though, <laughs> I mean, I go to Will and Svante all the time to discuss decks because I know they are good at spiking. So, so yeah, this is like the spike communities deck. Okay, what I'm coming at, it's very nice to hear your thoughts, Simon, that you got things uh, settled in. Like, this is what I do then, and this is what you might think of. And then if that's the, plan b then plan c and then we go back to plan a and that's yeah what I'm, that yeah i'm interesting it's interesting to really hear hear it out uh, in the because what i usually do is i bring a deck and then i do something different the next time so i'm i'm still spiky because i as we talked about why not play black because you get to play demonic tutor and uh, yeah. <laughs> mind twist and of course you're playing you're, i'm not a gentleman that's what i'm saying <laughs> uh, but it's it's very good to hear your thought process uh, through this and maybe i got you off your rhythm here but that's what that's what i'm saying here let's keep going uh, and when mentioned briefly, uh, like the creature aspect of your uh, cyborg, and like first you play Noobcon, then you won with this deck in the Summer Derby, uh, and yep. what you settled with was uh, your miscut version is uh, yeah. two source of plowshares, two, three divine offerings. One Armageddon, one Sarah Angel, four Suchis, one Brain Gazer, one Blue Elemental Bloss, one Red Elemental Bloss, and one. Is it a fireball? I don't want to. <laughs> yes, fireball. Okay. Fireball. Why I'm asking is because it's miscut, and sometimes <laughs> it's not what yeah, you think it is. <laughs> I see a tiny yeah. elemental here in the main, but. That's a Sarah. It's a Sarah Elemental. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's get into uh, a bit more on uh, how you came up with like your sideboard in general. I'd say. Yeah. So I think the sideboard is extremely tough, um, and is probably the best thing about this deck, and also the most difficult. There's so many good cards. Uh, there's so many cards that I wanted to fit in there. You know, I think I mentioned I would be happy with a se with a second counterspell on the seventy five. Um, I have a Geddon. I would be happy with a second Geddon. Um, I'd be happy probably with a maybe a second Reb and second Beb. I would like a, the fourth Disenchant. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of depth in blue, white, red. Uh, it the bet has the best cyborg cards in general for the format. Um, so I'm kind of just trying to cover as many bases as possible. The other thing we mentioned, Suchi, as me cyborging into this mid-range deck. The other reason for Suchi is Blood Moon. That is my plan against yeah, Blood Moon. Yeah, and maybe Abyss also, uh, I guess. 
I yeah. So I mean, you I have disenchants again. Uh, yeah, I have disenchants. If if I'm playing against the deck, I don't particularly like Suchi. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe there's other decks that play the Abyss. If somebody's kind of going fancy and they're playing the Abyss and you know protection creatures or something, um, maybe maybe I want to bring in Suchi there. But in general, I they they have four swords and four disenchants. They usually don't have enough things to sideboard out all the disenchants, so they're leaving in some number. Also, factory is a problem for them, so they're usually leaving in disenchants some number, and they usually are upgrading their disenchants to DOs. Mm-hmm. So, and the worst thing you can do is bring in yeah. a card where they kill your life creature and they gain four is, life. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I don't like the, the them them against the the deck um, mm. at least. Um, but they do come in against Blood Moon, and the Fireball comes in against Blood Moon as well. Mm. Um, so, and like I said, the three DOs is probably a bit greedy on my part. It probably should have been two uh, DOs and a Disenchant, so that I have the four Disenchants and the Beb. You know, then mm. that gives me four disen- four Disenchants, one Beb, one Chaos Orb, one Demonic Tutor, Counterspell, Mana Drain to sort of try and fade Blood Moon. Mm. So I give them, mm. pl- and then and then if I don't, I still have four Suchi. Eight bolts, wheel, and fireball. Yeah. So, so I have kind of you know ten-ish cards that are good under under blood moon, and then ten-ish cards to try and avoid getting stuck under blood moon, mm. which is pretty good. Um, I mean, blood moon's still obviously good. Uh, I played against it actually a lot of times uh, in mm. the tournament, but um, overall, blood. I mean, it's a problematic card. Suchi is one of the solutions. For that. The other option is I could I and I almost did run one. Um, Shivan over one of the Suchis. That's another thing. Just you can cast it when they bl- they Blood Moon and fix your mana so that you can cast Shivan Dragon. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... I love Blood Moon and Shivan, but I usually play them then. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's fine though. I mean, I do like having access to all four Suchis. I thought it would be more consistent to have the four Suchis. And like I said, there are matchups where you want to bring them in, um, where you just kind of want creatures. Um, mm. Sometimes, like the more mid-rangey um, line dip bolt decks, the ones that don't have the chains, you actually want Suchis, and you can never really bring in Shiv in there because they might have Beb, and also you, getting Red Red. Yeah. Is, like the decks, I think the Beb deck's not Beb set up to get Red a, Red. It's a weird like dance that you do, <laughs> like, you, like will, yeah. will he won't he like? It's a reason. I mean, when you're on Volcanic Island. Yeah. And you, you. So I think well, two twofold. One, if you're on volcanic island, you should always have one reb and one beb in your sideboard, mm-hmm. almost always. Mm-hmm. And then if you're doing open deck lists, even more so. I think it's even more important when you're doing open deck lists because you, you get into this weird um, game, like you said, where you you have a sideboard plan, but sometimes you have to deviate, or sometimes they do something kind of off the wall, or you're sure, or you know that they're doing the same thing, and you can, you know they zig and you need to zag. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you you kind of get into that this this game, and it, that game becomes a lot deeper. So with Red it, what, what you're talking about is like the mind game of it all. Like keeping a volcanic open gives the options of you having either Reb and Beb, and maybe if we're doing a counter spell war, you have uh, three, two blue and one red blue, whatever. <laughs> then. Things gets weird. Yeah, I mean, there's that, and there's also just you know, if you're on, Mo- we talked about Modi, right? If you're on mm-hmm. Modi and your opponent has three rep, you have to take out Modi. 
Yeah. You know, you you just and it doesn't matter even if they don't bring it in the you know you, you get it stuck in this weird case where you basically you have to you maybe you can trim them you don't have to take them all out or something mm-hmm. but you, you you're not playing you know three or four motis when your opponent has two or three reps in their sideboard um, you know you're going to get stuck in some real awkward positions yeah. uh, especially since Reb is also good against your counter spells and stuff anyway so I mean I think just having that access to Reb and Bev again blue white red has so many good there's so all of my cards I think are good I think I don't think there's any card that I didn't use multiple i mean the cards that come in the most are brain geyser fireball yeah Geddon, I, I and i wanted Rev. to ask you about like the fi- sorry say again the cards that come yeah. in usually most the cards that i brought in the most are probably brain geyser fireball Geddon, and rep that's also probably because of the decks i you know i played mostly better decks let's say in the the last half right but so not all at, at once but like in different instances i guess well, those would all come in against the deck, for example. Okay. Right? All those cards are coming in against the deck, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to ask you about, like, the having Brain Gazer in the sideboard. Because I usually do that also. I don't know why, but <laughs> I feel like if this is a long game, uh, it's very good. And it's clunky in... Like, we discussed this being... a. Uh, more mid-range build of uh, 12 bolt maybe just because of the Saras, but uh, like what's your thoughts about brain geyser so i really like brain geyser i wouldn't be upset with it being in the main deck it's very the the slots are tight though i mean you're cutting a swords a div a disenchant yeah those are the, the you know and then um, going back or- to the demonic you're cutting Two cards, basically. If you're cutting yeah, one of your yeah, I mean, there's some and, right, and you're also you know I think game one. Um, so game two, a lot of people have cyborg cards to try and beat your plan of burn, mm-hmm. and so you either have the plan of I'm going to go mid range and I'm going to cut chains and draw sevens and I'm going to just brain geyser instead and I'm going to be a mid range deck, or you say I think their plan of burning of of to counter my burn is bad. And I'm just going to trim some cards that I don't like. Um, you know, maybe maybe Dib's not good in the matchup. Maybe Sarah's too slow in the matchup. So you trim some cards that are less good in the matchup, and you just bring in Brain Geyser. And so you're still the burn deck. Mm-hmm. You think their plan's not that good against you, but now you have an extra draw engine, which means you know it's an extra engine that they either have to counterspell or rab. Um, <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, sort of circling back to playing against the deck post cyborg, it's even worse for the deck, right? So now they have. They don't just have ancestral demonic draw sevens and all the burn spells to counter. Now they also have an Armageddon, a brain geyser, a fireball, and a reb that are causing problems. Yeah. So you know they have either and like you know you can cast Armageddon in these positions where they just have to counter it. You mm-hmm. know because mm-hmm. they might just they might just lose. Um, and all of those cards are kind of like that. So there's you you kind of can throw some haymakers at them, but while you're throwing haymakers at them. You're also chipping in with a lion or factory. You're also bolting them or chaining them. Yeah, so you're, you're kind of exactly. That's what, how you, you're you're working on different levels, I guess. What do you take out against the deck? 
So I'm usually taking out. Uh, so it, it depends play or draw, and it depends if they're on the, the abyss or Sarah. So it depends. Like you know, I, I guess there's. I would say there's three, at least three categories of the deck. You have the abyss version of the deck. Let's say a Sarah Angel version of the deck, and I guess we have Fat Moti. Well, well, <laughs> just just go with like the abyss version of the deck. Yeah. So I'm probably if I'm going against the abyss, I'm taking out swords, probably balance and two Sarahs. And then I'm bringing in those four cards that I said. If I think they're on Sarah, I'm probably cutting dibs, leaving in my own Sarahs. And and the four cards and I'm bringing is the Armageddon, Fireball, Red Elemental Blast, and and Fireball, and Fireball. But what about all the Divine Offerings? So I like Divine Offering. You have three disenchants in main to in the main deck. Listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if if they're on the abyss, I'm obviously keeping disenchant. If they're on a Sarah Angel version and they're not playing um, the abyss, sometimes they play. They have that. They have a zigzag, right? There's some people that play like one abyss main and two Sarahs, and they can kind of swap. Hmm. Um, but I, I can upgrade my disenchants. You know, to gain four of their books, if that is a thing, that is something to think. Or if, I guess if I'm playing against a Danish the version of the deck, I can bring in divine offerings against their suchis and uh, mm-hmm. play statues. Um, but generally, the six disenchants are good, but you the burn spells are usually better. Okay. Um, if I'm so, I do like that plan a lot more in four strip. Um, so I have had success with lion builds in four strips where you do bring in more chance or divine offerings so that you can kind of aggress it because you're strip mining them. So mm-hmm. you, you can, you're disenchant and stuff. Suddenly they, they not only hit book, they can also hit their moxen. So now yeah, you, that's what I was uh, like. But I think in Swedish, in Swedish, I don't feel super comfortable with that plan. I wouldn't be against doing that. And I could mm-hmm. see maybe depending, you know, maybe if you um, knew that they had slightly more artifacts for some reason, you know, I don't know, they're running Millstone or something. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were doing something where you do want more artifacts. But in general, you really don't need to mess with the 12 volts. Like four lines and 12 volts plus two counter spells is already quite good. Plus yeah, those pretty cards. I'm still like, yeah, yeah, you're completely right. But taking in the Armageddon, is that enough? Like uh, with uh, Felwer Stones, Moxen, and all of the artifact mana. Well, uh, basically he said he was 55 to 57% before sideboard. So, mm-hmm. so it's not getting worse after sideboard, I think. They mm-hmm. usually don't have a lot against this deck in the sideboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. they, they they can they can go the wrath of God plan to kill one lion. Fine. Yeah. Like. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is why I like Sir Angel as much as you do, Holland, uh, in the deck. I think people are maybe addressing stuff too much playing the deck, but just playing as Sir Angel because you have so you're you're ramping out so much mana. Usually with that deck anyhow <laughs> like having a Sir Angel of course you have four uh, like uh, four Sionic Blasts and one Swords you're taking out the Swords but they don't know that uh, but bring in a Fireball bring in a Fireball though yeah yeah Sarah. Fireball can destroy Sarah also but still 
uh, yeah, Sour Angel is some the decks aren't even playing Sour Angel, and I really can see them struggling against this thing. Like they're trying to do the Mishra plan and the Fireball plan, maybe or whatever, and they, they just don't get the time to do that. They basically they, they basically go for mind twisting your hand and then then yeah. taking over with the book and factories. That that's mm -hmm. that's like their plan. Mm. And hoping this, the Sioux player doesn't have all their factories in play. Mm. I think, yeah, like we do have the. Sorry to interrupt you, Summer, but we do have yeah. the Motti Summer, whatever. But it's. I would argue that it's basically the Sour Angel Summer, uh, because it's like if everyone is playing Lion the Boltex. Create, like going on the offense, but still having all the answers and still having the card advantage. Maybe that's the route, not going, trying to, I don't know, hedge into circle protection, ivory tower or whatever, spirit links, <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, maybe that's why it was so good, uh, like this time around. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that if you don't have Sarahs, the version of the deck with no Sarahs, I usually want to take out my balance. But if you're playing Sarahs, I could keep in my balance, which is also can just be really good for yeah. me as well. It's a mind um, twist in itself sometimes, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there can be and positions where it's, <laughs> where it's bad for me. There can be plenty of positions where it's bad for me, but, you know, again, it, it means that I have... If I know you're on Sarah, I'm keeping my two Sarahs. I have my four Sonic Lasts. Uh, if it's main deck, I have a Sword. If it's post-sideboard, I have a Fireball. I also have my two Counter Spells. I, I do have ways. Also, I mean, what ended up happening um, in against some of the, the decks that were running more creatures with uh, Sarahs and Motis is they... You get they get in a position where they just have to jam a threat. Mm -hmm. They can't they can't they can't wait to get to seven man to play Sarah plus counter spell. Yeah. So they have to on turn four, let's say they have a Moxon or something. So turn three or turn four, they jam a Sarah Angel. Mm -hmm. They can't protect it, so it's just dead to Sonic Blast mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. Swords or whatever. So in a, you know, and then I'm coming in again with my factory or my lion or yeah. my dip. Um. So and then they have to try and do it again, but this time I might have counter spell up. Or this time I, you know, this time I untap and I attack with two threats. They block one, and then I draw seven. You know, yeah, and exactly. I just, but you know, so you, there's a lot of positions. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't played against both versions enough. Again, like I said, I actually haven't played that much Swedish um, because basically Noobcon and the Summer Derby is the all of the Swedish I played. <laughs> um, so. I did think about it a lot because I was going to buy the cards for a deck. So I did do a lot of sort of theoretical thinking about um, Swedish. And then I pl I did, um, I forced my local playgroup whenever I would, I would, I, I usually organize the meetups and I would say, hey, we're meeting up. Everybody bring Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> um, for, you know, the, the month or two before NewCon, I made everyone build Swedish decks. So I, I played mm. against a fair amount of the, and I and people would be like, oh, I don't know what deck. And I'd be like, I just send them a deck. Let's here, build rug, uh, build the deck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I would just, I'd get people to build kind of the, let's say the tier one decks in Swedish. Um, so I could sort of get some, try and get some repetitions um, in against that. But, you know, I think, Either version, I'm okay. Again, a good deck player um, is always competitive. The games are competitive. Um, but I do feel 
comfortable on my side. Whereas sometimes you play against the deck and you're not comfortable, right? You can win, but like, do you really want to play one of your Blood Moon decks against the deck? No, probably not. That's, I would. Probably, I would. <laughs> maybe, maybe because you like playing the deck, yeah. but I, I think on, in general they're not the, they're, they're not that well positioned. Um, the deck can just play Felwar Stones and Moxon or and Blue Book. Elemental Blast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, and you know, and I, I have a little bit of that for my own Blood Moon protection, but it's it's not. I mean, again, against the deck, you want to put threats on the table that they find difficult to deal with. They only yeah. have so many swords. They only have so many counters. The, the risk is when they get book going. Because once they have book going, they have more of those. Because when they only have four swords and more four counters, and they never get book going, they, they don't get sort of that momentum. Yeah. And when they're playing Sarah, all the Sarah Angels, they're usually trimming on books. Mm -hmm. So they, they, have, they have tension too. And when they're trimming on books, I think that maybe slightly favors me in that my draw sevens become slightly better, right? Because they're going to have to tap out more. They are going to have less counter spells. They're going to have less swords uh, just because they're not getting that momentum. That's the scary thing. When you play against the deck, like you said, when you you got them down to four life or five life and they're just saying, go, and they have a book <laughs> and mm -hmm. eight mana. Yeah. You never want to be in that position, right? Nobody well, wants well, to be in that Especially if you're, you're, you're not packing in your hand. Yeah. Well, par paradoxically, it's like these threats are so good against the deck because, they, as you said, we have talked about this before, they don't want to waste their sword on a 2-1. They don't want to yeah. waste a counterspell on taking 3 damage. If, mm -hmm. if you slam a some, oh, it's so easy to sword or counterspell that. But mm -hmm. if you play a 1-mana spell that does 2 or 3 damage, they don't want to waste resources on that. Yeah. That, that's and, that's th and you have so many of those in this deck. So it's that's so, so also, annoying for the deck. Yeah, that's also why this is an like upped version of the blue-red counterburn because that's what uh, like Flying Man tried to do, I guess. And I haven't seen that many <laughs> vices lately, but that's usually also like chipping in the first damage, uh, like trying to get out another threat and then ending with one of or plenty of the 12 other burn spells you have got going oh. well and lion is just so much better than flying man and vice right it's just so much better than both of those cards i mean mm -hmm. on a note on like weiss and ivory tower in the deck i mean ivory tower is so bad in the deck in general because like mm -hmm. you you start with seven cards you play ivory tower go opponent plays a lion you go to your car and you draw. You gain one. You draw a card. What are you gonna do? Are you not gonna play lands? Or what's your mm -hmm. what's mm -hmm. your plan here? Like, opponent. Okay, you don't play a land. They attack with lion. Play another lion. Say go. You gain two. Mm -hmm. And you're in a situation. Okay, now you have seven cards in hand. What are you gonna do? Are you not gonna play yeah. anything? Like, like, it's what, like what? you you can't really because usually you want to play a land and the fabulous stone or. Yeah, but you can't because then, then you then you have yeah. wasted a card in your ivory tower. Because like mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm not a fan of that. That I mean, in an era where where there were no twelve bolt decks, like say 2016 mm -hmm. or whenever. Mm -hmm. Fine, I play your ivory tower. It's go back to what Fluffy said. Back then you could play anything in the deck. It didn't matter. You would win anyway <laughs> because everyone else played shitty decks. Like play four <laughs> ivory towers fine <laughs> you're, you're, you're still playing the deck <laughs> yeah yeah you're still playing all the best cards and your <laughs> opponent plays a uh, three three for five 
Like, yeah. So what basically happened is that all of the other decks are also playing all the best cards. Yeah, that, that's the, that's the difference. It's like yeah. if you look at the deck nowadays, like when even like uh, a guy that's never played a Sarah Angel in the deck has to play four Sarahs in the sideboard because you need it. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. you need to be able to win before the 12 bolt decks burn you to death. Like you have mm -hmm. to have some kind of plan. So, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the ivory tower plan is bad. Black white was never really a good card against the deck unless you combine it with both and black white and Ankh of Mishra. If you play turn right. one, yeah. black white Ankh of Mishra, that, that's a problem for the deck. Yeah, and yeah. eight talks maybe to yeah. benefit of it if it doesn't do anything or something like that. So, so yeah, I mean, but a naked black white, I, I, I'm not a fan. Mm -hmm. I think the deck has adapted to that too, right? By playing more DOs as well. Yeah. Because robots yeah. is better, um, Tog is better. So now the deck is, you know, that's that's what they should play. In my opinion, it's better to play more DOs. You don't want to play stuff like Ivory Tower. I think you want to, you need that life from the DO. You know, it kills factory. Sometimes you have to kill your own stuff or you, you gain life. But, you know, I think Ivory Tower is, is I, I'm with Alan on this. I, I just don't think it's, effective enough yeah people are playing it and and you know maybe there's maybe there's a corner case like we said you pushing demonic and so you're only playing one because you know that you're gonna have to demonic for it or you're gonna have to brain geyser yourself up i don't know i haven't played enough the deck that's a that's a question for fluffy yeah. and and quinn and all those the deck players i think it's um, you could argue that the only ivory tower deck is playing land tax uh, i guess like then you have a solid <laughs> draw yeah, I mean, the tax towers. going in yeah. that sense. <laughs> right. I mean, that's a, and there's a, yeah, I mean, there's definitely cards in that space. Um, it's, it's hard playing the deck and land tax, though. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't you can't do that because the mana doesn't work. Because you need to play the city brass. Because you need you need the regrowth to get back your ancestral for those crazy the deck turns. Right. Those are the best turns the deck has. Is they need mind twist to win. They need to library to win. They're you know they, they need all of their colors. They need their fell war stones. Everything mm -hmm. you, you 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 can't be playing basics. Um, mm. Yeah. So we're going into like our last phase, I guess, of the podcast. I I need to I need to up my. I'm I'm going to grab my my another beer. Same. I'm, I'll grab a drink too. Yeah.
Krall, krallev, 8 och 90 på systemet. Jag kollade på en video med Edward Blom som rekommenderade öl under, eller de testade öl under 12 kronor. Mm. Den här var inte med, den tog jag bara ändå. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, I'm back. Great. So, sorry, my, my kids wanted to know if, uh, if I won my game. I was trying to explain to them I wasn't playing. They're like, did you win? Did you, I was like, did well, you I'm... win this time around? <laughs> I just I just said yes. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I sure. <laughs> that is it's easier good. easier that way. <laughs> yeah. How old are your kids? Four and seven, but four is about to be five soon. Okay. They're kind of close in between then. And mine mine are seven and three. Okay. It's very similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so Going back, uh, we we brushed upon the miscutty things, also. So what's up with that, Simon? You're you're gathering miscuts. How do you even go about that? Do you use eBay or? Yeah, everywhere. Um, so I started collecting misprints and miscuts in. So okay, what what are your goals here? Misprints, miscuts, like what 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 do you? What? All of them. Okay. Yeah, all of all of it. I, I like weird stuff. I okay. think is probably the long and short of it. So yeah, misprints, miscuts, oddities, uh, strange magic cards. You know, so whether from one that's miscut, one that's misprinted, it has ink on it, or an oddity, maybe summer magic or uh, Chinese S Chinese fifth edition, which has the V symbol, which is the only one. And do you have summer that. magic cards? I do. I actually, I actually uh, got a new summer magic card today. Um, I treated myself after doing well in the derby. So I, Alan, I believe knows what it is, but if you would like to guess what uh, card it is, Seb. Uh, we can play play a little guessing game. Okay, it's uh, I'm 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 gonna bring up the deck list. <laughs> uh, it's from the this deck. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's uh, looking here. Maybe I should look on your summer derby list. Um, it. Hmm. Is uh. It's a spell. That's it's not a land. It's not a land. Okay. Uh, is it a? Is it a? Instant. No. Okay. Is it a creature? Uh, you got to guess now. You got you got two hints. You got to just guess. Okay, I gotta guess. It's a. Uh, but why I'm looking at your uh, deck list is because I'm thinking in my head that you want to fill out your like yeah. deck with. Yeah, yeah. So I'm guessing it's not an instant. It's not a land. That's what I'm going at here. So yep. I'm guessing 
did see. Is it a is it a Savannah Lion? Yep. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I did it. <laughs> so yeah, I just I got in. I got a Summer Lion in today in the post. Uh, so that was pretty exciting. Nice. Uh, so. It was. Uh, it came from Australia, so. Um, Ooh. <laughs> and I, I'm gonna be out. I wonder out <laughs> what that journey was before. It went all the way to Australia. <laughs> yeah. So. What? What? what uh, because summer magic. It's a miss. It. Everything got printed in Germany or something like that, right? No. So basically, um, uh, two places that magic cards printed in the U.S. and in Belgium. Belgium. Um, okay. But Belgium, Belgium is where Cartamunda is, and that's where the majority of Magic cards are printed. Uh, they release Revise. It's obviously all washed out, right? Um, the colors are kind of faded on Revise, and so they made um, Summer Magic, which was basically just a fixed Revised with the 1994 copyright. Uh, but then the colors were kind of almost too oversaturated, and so they were supposed to, you know, can the production. Um, and get rid of the product. Yeah, they put it um, in bins and some cards, like they they destroyed quote unquote cards. Yeah, the summer yeah, so, magic cards because it's right, just a test they, run. Didn't they just get yeah. get to stores and some stores didn't destroy them? Yeah, well, so it, and it, so it got it got released in at least uh, three or four places. The UK um, and Ireland got summer magic cards. Um, Tennessee in the U.S. got some magic cards. Texas in the U.S. got some magic cards, and I believe Origins. No, was it Gen Con? Gen Con or Oranges? There was one that was in Georgia. There was a big event. Um, I think it might have been Origins. They also apparently opened some in an event um, in uh, Georgia. Uh, those were the main places that got some magic cards. Um, but you're right and so i i'm not a huge summer magic collector there's some people that are really really big in summer magic cards i have a you know a very very extremely modest collection this is my first summer magic rare uh but i wanted to upgrade a savannah lions um summer magic cards do look good and yeah it fits into the oddity rarity sort of uh weirdness section um of my collection and it's it's fun what what do they call like is it the Commonwealth? Yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. We're I, I, we're we're still back on your Southern <laughs> <some> Lions. <laughs> Australia is a part of the Commonwealth, and you yep, mentioning UK and uh, Ireland. That's also yep. Commonwealth. That's why that's why it ended up in Australia. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Someone. I just, uh... Maybe the queen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sure. Over with I mean, it could have as easily been someone from Texas who took it with them to Australia. Yeah. Try again, try again, try again.
Well, you, you're, you treated yourself. So you're, you treated one of your... Because I'm looking at your... Uh, I guess that's your perfect version in your mind of uh, that this deck, uh, your Summer Derby list that you played lately, uh, where you have a lot of miscuts going on. And uh, you're, you traded... Uh, is it an unlimited... Uh, Seven Alliance for a summer in this version then. In the miscut one, so the up, so there's in the, the version, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the the version from the summer derby, uh, it replaces a Japanese. Okay. Um, it, it's a Japanese FBB um, Savannah Alliance because it's missing the shadow behind the artist name mm-hmm. in the bottom. It's a ve- this is a very very minor. So this, what you have is like uh. Two miscuts. stone and uh, is is, yeah. is that a revised miscut, right? That, yeah. So there's two revised miscut. One of them is factory cut, and one of them is non-factory cut. Um, so the meek stone one is non-factory cut. The other one's actually factory cut. Um, yeah. Two lines. And, and when you're saying factory cut, is that some people have a sheet and they do it manually? Factory. Yeah. Factory cut means it was a mistake from let's say Cardamundi. Uh, yeah. Wizards yeah. and non-factory cut means it was a mis- you know not a mistake. It mm. was a- altered after someone it having left the a factory. whole sheet. And yeah, so and there was up. a bunch. Yeah, there was a lot of revised sheets given out as prizes in the '90s, and so there was quite a lot of revised sheets that were cut up. Um, so I, I have a mixture of. I obviously prefer um, misprints from the factory, but mm. I also like misprints and miscuts. So if the only way that I can get a card is to get a non-factory cut one. I will pick one up, usually with the intention to upgrade it over time. Because um, I would rather have my deck all be misprinted and messed up. And then I you know, I pick stuff up over time as well to kind of upgrade. Because, you know, the, the life of a Magic player is not hard enough. Uh, buying Magic cards uh, may as well make my life a little bit more difficult, you know. And your Sir Angel, we already mentioned that time elemental all and you got a time elemental of your own on your way yeah right? th- that's my first actually misprint oddity rarity i've ordered i uh, recently ordered it uh, because sir angel is my favorite card and time elemental was actually one of my favorite cards in the 90s so there's double value in that mm. so so yeah i'm i'm looking for maybe i'm actually looking for some other weird seras you never know Mm. Uh, and yeah, and, and I want a playable summer. But this co- this is not white border then, right? Because this is a. Tell it's tell tell me about it's how, it's how a four fourth edition Spanish. Uh, okay. Actually, actually, yeah, it's it's a time elemental who got a Sarah Sarah text on it actually, because there is mm-hmm. a Sarah in also a real Sarah Spanish. Yeah. So maybe I should get a Spanish fourth edition Sarah as well. <laughs> I, you already got all your whiteboarded stuff, so this is that. But but I also have really uh, fit in with that. This is actually second edition semi pimp. Um, yeah, yeah, it's because revised is the original semi pimp, uh, and this is the second edition semi pimp. So that's okay. that's quite cool. But Simon, and you have a oh sorry. No, just any excuse for Alan to talk about semi pimp. I know he has yeah, to plug yeah. that. You know, he's <laughs> please please donate money to his Patreon and yeah, yeah. <laughs> for semi pimp. 
I'm working with all the greatest bloggers, bloggers, uh, yeah, commentators, yeah. artists. Please, everything. please like his YouTube videos. Yeah. Please like his YouTube videos. You guys know how much money we make out of this. So, yeah. Uh, you have another Sarah Angel. Uh, that's a revised Sarah Angel, right? There's two revised ones, yeah, that are miscut. Okay, there's the, one, the, one the in the one deck and one in the sideboard. I'm talking about is uh, yep. what, what's the upper card then? Oh, I don't remember. I don't have the picture up. Okay, handy. okay. What? Um, I don't have it. Sorry. What color? What color? It's a blue it's card. It's a blue card. Um, so uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Sorry. Yeah. I, so I do the revised sheets are kind of easy because you can get pictures of the okay. sheets. There are some sheets where you don't know what the card is. But um, th this should not be. Uh, we we can. I can figure see. out like the flavor text at least. <laughs> yeah, well, you should be able to see the artist, right? You could just check by the artist, and that will tell you. You know, it's not a creature. You can check the artist, and then just look at the sheet, uh, or yeah. or look at the cards by that artist that are not creatures. I just can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, there's. Uh, <laughs> This is, so I get asked every time, hey, what, what what card is next to this one? What card is next to this one? It's like, some of them I know because I've been asked a lot the same one and some of them I just don't. And some of them are obvious, right? Like the Meek Stone, you're like, oh, that's a Meek Stone next to that Savannah line. So I, I have the whole gamut uh -huh. of just a sliver, because some some of them only have a sliver of the card. Um, yeah, exactly. You, you can only see like a... It's you, an animated. It could Fabrica be. Fabrica have uh, like a blue sliver. Uh, uh, can like it be an animate artifact? Yeah, it's Douglas Schuler. I can't see, but I've looked up a sheet, and there's a Sir Angel with under an animate yeah. artifact. So it's, it's so probably that. I think it's Schuler. So has no effects. That's the only thing I can read here. Has yeah. no effects or artifacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. 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 yeah, maybe. Yeah, then. Uh, and you have the like revised dips that like hints into some red card there. And like, yep. what what card are your you you okay? Of course, you just got your summer magic uh, seven alliance in the mail, but what what? What was your first miscut card, and what are the ones that you like most? Would you say? Yeah. So the first card I got was just some random card from Homelands um, mm -hmm. that I like happened to see like in a shop, and I just like you know it was overpriced, and I just bought it because I was like, oh, this is like weird, right? It's kind of cool, just a random card. Um, An overpriced card. <laughs> yeah, I was like, but it was, it just, I don't know, something about it was just like, it was, I hadn't really seen any miscuts before. Um, it was all, you know, messed up, miscut, could see a sliver of another card. I just thought it was neat. Mm -hmm. um, but when, and then I was, I was playing sort of early 2000s. I was playing a lot of Legacy um, Magic or, you know, uh, 1.5 and um, was getting into that. And I didn't really like altars and I hate foils. And my sort of thing was, oh, I'm just gonna start collecting miscuts. Um, my first big purchase probably was kind of just random luck. I was actually in Florida 
I went to the shop that was inside of a flea market in Florida and just asked them, I would just usually, and I do this if I go to a GP or if I go to a shop, I say, hey, do you have anything weird? Do you have any like weird stuff? And yeah. sometimes people have a binder or they'll, no, we don't have anything. We only have whatever the newest set is, booster packs. Those are the most boring shops. The most interesting ones, some guy is like, hey, I have this pile of stuff. Mm-hmm. I get to look through and buy some cards. But I went to this place and I bought a stack of cards, including a miscut uh, Volcanic Island, a miscut Scrubland, and the miscut Savannah Lions, the one that's not the Meek Stone. So I bought all three of those miscuts. They were all from revised packs. They were all factory cut. Um, revised cards, which are quite quite rare. Um, there's a lot of revised cards that are NFCs, but the factory cut ones are, are quite rare. Mm. Um, and so th- that was kind of the, I would say, the big purchase. That was one of my first big purchases. Mm. That really, right, that purchase. You're hedging really into this territory. <laughs> well, that that did like uh, in today's money. And looking back, it didn't cost me that much money. Mm. But uh, it, over time, it has cost me a lot <laughs> of time, <laughs> a lot of time, a lot of time. Yeah, I, and I, a lot I like of how, how you're valuing <laughs> that decision <laughs> I, I, would, I would say the problem one of the problems with miscuts i mean there's a lot of expensive magic card but finding all these miscuts must be so annoying yeah but that's also the cat the, the chase is the catch right <laughs> it's yeah i mean and also you know i think um i i often describe you know i know alan said you know you're definitely a spike and i think that is true but i think to a lot of you know when i played let's say more competitive magic uh, than old school. Maybe I'm a spike in old school, but maybe not as much of a spike in other uh, formats potentially. Was I, you know, you, you my, don't you I, don't really understand the idea with old school here, Simon. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's I mean, usually so the other way around. I like I like both. I think yeah. so. I enjoy collect. I actually enjoy the collect. I I like all of the elements of Magic. Part of the draw and the allure of Magic to me is I love playing the game. I really love collecting cards. Mm-hmm. I like kind of all the facets. You know, sometimes when you get burnt out on playing, I can take a take a step back from playing Magic, but I can still buy cards from my collection. I yeah. can still brew new decks. I can still you know, there's a lot of elements to the game other than just sitting down from an opponent and playing magic. That's one of the things that, you know, keeps me coming back to magic. Yeah. I think um, you and I, Olan, we're very much alike in that ma- aspect because of course it's nice to pimp out a deck and like making it nice and all that, but we usually just try to get as much of, of like we're collecting, but we're collecting to play the game in a way, right? Well, I'm I'm quite different because I I have like I have such a weird collection <laughs> because I have like all the card. I play a lot of people see me. I play a lot of foreign blackboard and semi pimp. I play a lot of only white border decks, but every every one of those cards I also have in in Swedish legal. So, yeah, so you have I have double cards. Tri- but, but triple. I have triple of a lot of yeah, cards. It's not like you have uh, CE and <laughs> no. uh, like not not of the most expensive cards. No, it doesn't make. But I, um, it doesn't make sense to have CE cards for me. There's like <laughs> uh, no draw to get. I mean, there's there's no gain but, for me getting CE oh. cards. No, but. The the basic thing for me at least is that like I want to play this format. I want to play it Swedish. I want to play it. I 
if I could, I would play Blackboarded, but I would rather play a lot of different stuff. So I have a big card pool. Uh, and I really get your like point, Simon. And if you, it's very, I'm, I admire you having like a deck that you can aspire to. But for me, I usually just want to play the next deck after I do something. So, yeah, I don't. Uh, so, um, don't get this wrong. This is not the only deck, and I played a lot of different decks. I have been on Alliance. Uh, I've been yeah, and you mentioned you wanted decks. to might play the DFB green and stuff like that. Also, of course. Yeah, and I have that also. So I have that fully Swedish, and I actually played that in the Sea Urborg. Uh, before NoobCon, I played the I played the green black deck uh, mm-hmm. there, um, but I also have it misprinted and miscut <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot as well. You know, I have four miscut scavenger folk, and you know, I have four miscut crumbles, and so you know, I um, yeah, S- Swedish is a bit awkward because you know, if I um, you know. If I had my choice, I would have brought my miscuts and misprints. Mm-hmm. But obviously, mm-hmm. when you go when you go to someone else's house and they take tell you to take off your shoes, you take off your shoes because yeah. you're in their in their house. So you know, which is you know, it is what it is. Um, and you know, I do the look the look of Swedish decks is obviously beautiful, right? I mean, I think aesthetically we can all appreciate that. And I have alpha, and my power is all alpha beta, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm a chaos orbs alpha. So like, I have a lot of nice black border cards. Um, but I do, I, I'm going to play my miscut volcanic island that I got from a flea market <laughs> in Florida before I play unlimited or a beta. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause that is more, you know, and all of the, you know, I, the way that I often describe it to people is, you know, that feeling when you finish your playset, when you complete the, mm-hmm. you buy the last card in a playset. Just imagine how that feeling is when you complete a playset of miscuts or misprints that you've been, one, it could have been a long time, but two, you never knew if you could finish it. Yeah. That is just, a, for me, a euphoric sort of uh, feeling mm. because mm-hmm. you, you, you don't know, you know, every, every time I log on to like the misprint group, let's say on Facebook or mm-hmm. I look on eBay, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's going to pop up. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, th- that's why misprints and miscuts are more. That's why I like them more than like um, summer as well, right? So summer, if I'm willing it's to go spend, it's finite in a way. Summer, yeah. Well, summer, summer, you can go. Summer is like anything that's it's rare and expensive. But if you want to go buy an alpha of any magic card, you could mm. buy it today. It would yeah. just cost you a lot of money, but that doesn't make it that that you know, and that gives you know everybody it's has their own unique thing. in that in. And, uh, and, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, and I have alpha cards, and I, there's a few alpha. I love my alpha chaos orb. Uh, mm-hmm. Is I, I love that card, but buying a alpha tundra or you know some random card that would mean less to me than my miscut one because there mm-hmm. was a journey to getting the miscut one. Um, there's probably a story or a thought process where I got it. And just the, the sort of the journey is part of the experience, I think, as well. I think it, mm. it flows into old school quite well. Um, as I've diversified yeah. formats, you know, the three, let's say the kind of the three main old school formats, um, sort of four strip, uh, Atlantic and, and Swedish. Um, but I've also played a lot of, I play a lot of the side, you know, when we do local meetups, we play a lot of like singleton old school, like 60 card singleton. Um, 
and you, you I get to go even deeper. <laughs> so I have some really <laughs> weird cards in my collection because I play all these like random formats. Uh, I have an almost fully miscut Alice deck because uh, I was playing a lot of Alice and I really liked some of the cards and I had some of the cards already from Legacy and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, it, it, it's part of the journey. You never, like you said, you, I, you never know what you're going to find. Um, and so, you know, my collection just grows and you, <laughs> I try and I try and upgrade cards and I, I have single I, I like how you, uh, how you're like, I, I can see on your face that, oh my God, it's just gross. I don't know what to do, but, but yeah, <laughs> but, it keeps growing. But it, it's like, what, what's the, what's the... Uh, when when the guy uh, with the plant that he he gives blood to a plant, do you, have you guys, do you guys know it's the it's a plant, a flesh eating plant that he gives life to, and it grows and grows and it ends up eating up him, eating him up. Okay, are you talking about Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yes. No, not okay. Rocky Horror. Okay, sorry. I well, have no idea. Going. This is a. This was the worst reference. <laughs> but, but but yeah, I can. Segway. I, I, segue. I can. I can under, I understand your your miscuts. I uh, I understand your Alice because that was actually the first time we met when we played Alice online. Yes. We played twice uh, in the same tournament. Yes. But when I'm looking at your Instagram MTG misprint, I also see like some random new cards i'm looking at the spell queller <laughs> this is um, um molten rain it's like there's a lot of random cards here so some so there's usually a, so sometimes it's just a random card because um someone will be, someone knows right so maybe i see you right an event and you're like oh i picked up this random card here you go i i do get some of that now usually for unplayable cards or sometimes there's old decks. So Molten Rain was actually is kind of um, has a soft spot for me because um, I played a deck um, which got me onto the Pro Tour where I had Molten Rain in the sideboard. Okay. And so um, there's some cards that I will pick up sometimes, you know, going back and either building old decks or maybe decks I still have built um, from when I played at a tournament and sort of going back and just like upgrading the cards or replacing cards with misprints or miscants of of decks that are important to me kind of let's say in my magic history um but uh, yeah if it's really random it's probably it's probably uh hey simon <laughs> or sometimes you know i'll be trading with someone and they'll they'll have some random thing and they'll be like oh yeah like we can you know just throw throw this in whatever it could be a couple bucks or something um so there's some of that or sometimes you when i want one card i have to buy a whole collection to buy you know maybe somebody has 10 misprints right and i want one of them but there's 10 <laughs> okay. in the lot or the collection. So there's all sorts of reasons. But yeah, it's usually, um, there's usually a reason for it. It's not me just buying, I'm not buying Spell Queller for the fun of it. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I found a card that seems like it's it's just very extremely random. Corpse Knight, it's a 2-3 instead of a 2-2 two -two from a pre-release uh, print run. That, that seems... Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, I mean, and I, I'm pretty sure I got that actually from um, a local guy who gave it to me because he had gone to the pre-release and knows I collect oh, yeah. Miscut. Win Winston, I, I think it was Winston or Winston's son, Elliot, might have given it to me. Um, but, I, you know, I, 
I do actually, you know, there's a lot of, I've also gone back and there's some of those cards that are kind of weird, kind of like the Sarah Elemental, right? The Drudge Skeleton, Swamp, um, the Strip Mine, Burrowing, um, some of those cards. I didn't really like those cards at first because I really wanted the error. Um, but I think there's some interesting history behind those cards. And so there's sort of those weird ones where wizards have messed up. Um, those have kind of grown on me over time. Um, the, the Mana Bar of Central, uh, etc. I, I think those cards are kind of fun. They, they also, you know, are you know, I think sometimes when we look back, it's hard to realize the timeline of Magic. They printed so many cards. <laughs> no, no, you, yeah. You, you, no, no, point. back. Oh. No, but back you yeah. you look back. So so all I'm saying like you look like at revise. Or, no, yeah. no, but look look at revise and then look at all the languages that they printed. So they mm -hmm. had to take revise and they had to translate it into you know five or six languages, and then they printed all those languages. Um, mm -hmm. You know for revise and fourth edition, all of you know all in semi pimp stuff. Um, there's a lot of cards that they were they were churning out cards. You know how did they make the mistake on the time ele time elemental Sarah Angel? Mm. Just pure quantity of stuff that they were doing, and it was you know we have very powerful computers on our phone nowadays. The, your phone is more powerful than the computers they had when they did this. Mm. Um, they had to physically mail or use fax machines to get information from one place to the other. Yeah. You know, they want, you know, it, it's, 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 you know, we're, we're looking at a frozen piece in time, but I, I think those things sort of give an interesting history, um, mm -hmm. sort of a reminder, just some of the weird stuff that happened uh, during that time period. But so they, they've kind of grown, grown on me. Yeah. My yeah. analogy was from the Little Shop of Horrors. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Okay. Like the, he's a caretaker of a. <laughs> wow. He's a caretaker of a of a shop. Wow! And he, wow! Sir. He has a wow! Wow! A, he has a he has a plant that is that yeah that, that almost dying and it gives it blood and then you give it more blood and more blood and more blood. That's that's your misprint run. <laughs> that's, that's my analogy. So, so basically, what what you're saying, what what's the analogy? Is he gonna? go bankrupt or or what was yes that? <laughs> uh, in the end it, the it will ruin him the, the problem <laughs> the problem is then you just sell the stuff that's not a problem then yeah that's that's the thing <laughs> that's the thing with collecting collecting <laughs> magic cards it's like if you if you need you can just sell them that that's like maybe he could have so, sold the plant also but no one would buy the plant too much. No, no <laughs> one would buy that plant. That's the thing. Yeah, maybe no one will buy Simon's silly cards either. I would buy the time <laughs> elemental. Okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that can get you some my uh, some food. Or my food. wife, my wife has um. There's I have a spreadsheet where I tell her who she has to get in touch with if I die. Do Do you have that for real? Yeah. I've yeah. actually okay. I've actually. I've actually heard that from from other, I'm not gonna out them because yeah. that, that would be yeah. weird. But I've heard some people. It's who, me. It's no, me. <laughs> I've heard some people who has really they have like weird collections, like yes. weird stuff. They have like told if something happens to me, contact this guy. He will get the most money out of it. Exactly. Yeah. Is it magic collections or other weird collections? It's not plants. It's magic. 
<laughs> okay, it's magic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that's 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 a good good thing to to have. Like, uh, I I love that there there's a meme or some sort of thing that like a guy at a he he's he's just been struck by a car or like in a car crash and someone c- comes over to him and the last words is just like tell my wife that my magic collection <laughs> is worth more than she thinks <laughs> yeah yeah well, <laughs> um, yeah i imagine like a lot of the stuff will yeah a lot of people will find like collections they thought were worth a lot less than they are um, yeah and people have spent, I, spent more money than they thought i don't um, want to bring all this down but like there was uh, uh like um, have you guys heard of the stamp uh i don't want, i don't know what you call it like the stamp uh, devaluation like the uh, when, devaluation yeah like when a lot of people collected uh, like trains i guess and uh, not not real trains but M- <laughs> merklin trains i don't know what you call yeah. it in english and then they call, collected stamps that's the old people and when they died the like in our age <laughs> their children just sold the stuff and then yeah all of the things just like all the stamps all the like the value of them just like headed down i don't know there was a baseball thing cardi thing also got down with that but yeah what what, what i'm trying to say is that it doesn't matter you just get <laughs> stuff that you like but <laughs> there's there's an inherent <laughs> inherent them. difference between stamps and magic cards is that you actually can use magic cards Mm-hmm. You can use yeah. stamps. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever sent a letter. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But but if you if you do that, like what to is called like magic cards to like someone. three shilling banco to use it to send. But yeah, but but but, but the thing is like there, a lot of people, uh, a lot of older people, they collected a lot of stuff that's not usable. It's yeah, like, like coins. Yeah, that's like <laughs> it's like. Yeah, of ca- of course, but yeah, but the coins are. I mean, the, those like weird Roman coins and Greek coins. they, yeah, they yeah. have a lot yeah. of value, like still, and they probably will because they're they have a lot of history connected to them. I don't know. Those the stamps are so weird. My father collected yeah. stamps, and it's like mm-hmm. it's such a weird thing to collect. It's like <laughs> they they are kind of. They're easy to. Oh, I actually, then I accidentally ripped a part of it. It's like, yeah, okay. You sit there with your tweezers with your stamp. Now, no. Yeah. It's, it's a I kind of like that also. Yeah. Before before you have TV, I guess uh, you know anything runs as a hobby. But I, I I so I agree that they're different, right? Baseball cards, stamps. They're not. They don't have the gaming aspect. They don't have a usability like a fun function. Let's mm-hmm. say. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I mean, I, I think, but what's happened with like baseball cards using that analogy, the high-end baseball cards maintain their value, but the low-grade ones lost a lot of value because the market got flooded with bad versions. Same with yeah. like comic books, camp comic books, right? So I think you're going to see the same thing in Magic where eventually, right, if we were all retired in nursing homes and our kids are like, mm. I'm getting like a, a dad's Magic 
<laughs> yeah, we're, we're they're bl- blending our food and feeding our food through a straw. Um, you know, the high-end graded cards probably still maintain their value, right? The, the graded Alpha Lotus, let's say. You know, the, yeah. the high end of they probably still have high value. The lower beat beat you know beaten up cards, the HP damage, unlimited scrubland probably does lose value but it depends whether magic is still a game or not right because if magic's still a game and people are still playing commander it will still have va- it'll still have value even if it loses 25 percent 50 percent value from now it'll still have value as a gaming piece mm-hmm. um as as a functional piece so i think we, we've got this weird thing where we have a pure collectible like something that's graded plus we have something that's functional um, so we kind of it's, it's kind of a weird space. I'm yeah. not sure that we have a good analogy for that that we've seen. Maybe somebody has one. I, I, I'm not sure that I've seen something like a, that has the, like a shoe. <laughs> like, I, I think like you... maybe 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 a car maybe a car maybe yeah. a car is a, yeah, is a car. you know yeah, you have a, right. a mint yeah. condition never driven car yeah. equivalent uh, or maybe vinyl same thing. You have mm-hmm. an unplayed record versus a scratch record which is what you know maybe you can still play it but one of the songs yeah. scratch it has a lot less value so i mean we're gonna have this kind of splitting i think over time um and yeah i don't know what happens when everyone's kids start selling so or do people is everybody gonna try and you know i'm like alan when are you gonna retire all right i'm selling the year before he retires you know yeah. We, yeah. we try and well, like, could you, could you, you actually give us a date or you actually have a responsibility because you have kids. You have to get your kids yeah. into old school. And I mean, like you and Mano and all these ones with several kids, because that will maintain the value of the cards. Mm-hmm. You just want us to maintain your value of your collection, though. Well, it's basically, it's basically everything I own is my We're cards. We're in the same boat here, Simon. So, so yeah, yeah, but it's like... I think that magic cards and ret- physical retro games they are gonna they're gonna keep at least some value they're not gonna go to like they're gonna you're not gonna see unlimited scrublands for for 10 cents in the future no, you'll never see uh, yeah i mean as long as wizards exist they'll have inherent value uh anyway like i said for for gaming and and also i mean i think people People play, and we're not. It's not like we're all coming down with Alzheimer's and we can't play, right? Well, I mean, I think we, that could happen. That could happen, <laughs> but I think you know, I, I when I think of my transition from playing, you know, a lot of legacy and sort of traveling to events to kind of moving into old school was partially having kids wanting to not just be stuck in a convention center for eight hours or ten hours, and I wanted to be able to have the social aspect. I wanted to be have, able to have a drink. I wanted to be able to hang out, sort of have have more aspects than just purely magic and gaming. And old school kind of gave that to me, right? Where I still got to do something that I really enjoyed, the best game, but I also got to add these other aspects, meeting new people, traveling, friendship, uh, drinking, all these other things that I also liked. You know, I would go to an event, uh, a GP, and I come home and I would have a headache and be exhausted because I just spent (laughs) three days in a convention center basically doing high level math mm-hmm. in my brain for three mm-hmm. days and maybe did good or maybe didn't do well um and i would come back and i would be exhausted i didn't have yeah. a vacation i didn't have a holiday i didn't have a timeout whereas now i can go to noobcon have an amazing time drink hang out uh play a bunch of magic do not care that i didn't make top eight be happy that i made ninth slash tenth 
have had a great time, uh, went to go play the next event. You know, I, that you know, it's so. I think you know. I don't think there's anybody ready to give that up. I think everybody. No. There's still there's still people finding it, right? I think mm-hmm. we we see online. There's still people coming in. There's still people wanting to play. Um, there's a lot of. I think there's a lot of games left to be played. A lot of events to go to. A lot of fun still to be had here. So. We're, we're very, very far out. I agree. Uh, we're very far out. Just, I mean, it's an interesting hypothetical, um, but, you know, I don't think... And, and maybe maybe it's worse for someone with a niche collection like me, right? I have a very <laughs> uh, very niche collection. Um, there's, there's less people, but they're sometimes willing to spend more money. So it's kind of an interesting algorithm depending on when you could set... Like, you couldn't dump my collection. Like, I couldn't sell all my collection in one go. Mm. I, I, it's because it, I would I would just kill the value on some of the yeah, cards, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's part of the reason for the the spreadsheet for my wife, which you know hopefully she never needs. Um, but it's basically the idea that you know you. you I would, like the morbid aspect of this discussion. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, you know, so I think when um, when the when the first um, non factory cut cards, revised cards, got sold on eBay, I think uh, Eli Cassis was one of the main guys. Um, who, who cut up a lot of them. He sold too many too quickly, mm-hmm. um, probably to recoup money, but I think he would have weighed, made way more money because uh, there's a bunch of cards I didn't buy mm-hmm. um, because I just, you know, I didn't have the resources to buy that many at once. Mm. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's you know, some, some economics <laughs> lessons here. Um, and it's not fully morbid, um, I guess, but, you know, it's being prepared, you know, with, with weird politics and covid and did that add up the value a bit yeah. well it added up the value but i think it also maybe made some people realize that anything could happen right yeah, yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. weird stuff weird and nobody had this in 2019 on their bucket list mm-hmm. um is that we would be the majority of the world will be working from home Mm-hmm. Um, that whole countries would shut down, whole industries would shut down. I mean, nobody, nobody predicted that. Um, yeah. I think, you know, the the age of science and technology. I think most people thought maybe a lot of those type of things were kind of behind us. You know, there would be a, an avian bird flu, and they would sterilize yeah. the subway, and then we would be move on to the next thing. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone thought this thing that would kind of affect everyone. But it, but it did. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I think being prepared is sort of it. It's having kids too, you know. I mean, obviously, the better prepared you are as a family, potentially better for family and kids and what have you as well. It's not something I probably ever would have done without kids. I, it's, I it's, it's th- um, that's my reasoning because I don't have yeah. kids. So, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't really care. Uh, yeah. We, uh, we, well, we, on, uh, <laughs> if if something happens to me, you need to reach out to my wife. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That, that sounded weird. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, I want to play some Yahtzee. Uh, <laughs> and t- I can and buy some cards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can play the evil, evil. Well, it's up to you, Olan. Yeah. <laughs> Seb borrowed a couple of decks from me. I yeah, just need exactly. to pick them up. <laughs> I heard something happen. I'm really sad about that. But could, could, you, could I just come over and grab some stuff today? <laughs> Yeah, that, that that thing with borrowing out cards and something happened with them. That's that's something I've thought about. That that's that's a really weird thing. 
Um, I borrowed out a, a, a Nintendo console back 10, 15 years ago with a lot of games, and the guy died in a Oof. in Avalanche. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I never okay. got. I never Intense. got. I obviously, never got anything back. It wasn't a lot of money, but imagine if you borrowed out an old school deck and something like that happens. Like, yeah, <laughs> like okay, whatever. It's like this is gone. Like I'm never getting that back. Yeah, I always. I mean, I always have. If I, I don't borrow anything anymore. But I always had the. You know, so that was part of my thing. Like when I came to Newcom, people were like, "Oh, you can like borrow cards." I was yeah. like, "No, I'm not going to borrow cards. I'm, yeah. I'm going to have the cards from my deck." Um, but you know i've seen that and if i w w in the time i did was like well if i lose it like i replace it um yeah. that was always the, the rule and i've seen you know i had a friend he um he he loaned out his it was like a legacy deck fully foiled merfolk and the guy lost it and like had to pay him back yeah um so and you know that's a lot less than a obviously an old school deck but you know was still painful for some because why is you know if you're borrowing a deck usually it's because you're probably short the funds to buy it in the first place yeah and um so how would you ever get yeah that and he, he did i mean he 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 paid the he paid the guy back so it was not a big deal i think over time but mm. um you know, you, you run the risk, like you said, of either not getting it back or, or having to be frustrated, right? And you, you don't really want that with your friends. You don't want to have, you know, with your friends. Sometimes you have to write it off as a loss or whatever. So, you know, thankfully we can um, jam games at the bar and just let somebody loan a deck. Um, and it's usually not a big deal, which, which is fine. Yeah. Um, and with that, I think we should end this. We should jam some games at the bar and what did you say, Simon? Yeah, you got you got the most important part, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We 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 maybe already had too many drinks. Uh, I'm yeah, sure everybody yeah. can everybody can tell. It's it's <laughs> it's getting late here, and uh, I'm uh, I'm happy that you could join us and talk about uh, misprints and uh, fancy Sue. and um, Orland, you fashioned up the name of it so I, I hope you're pleased with what we got out of it uh, what yes <laughs> I, i'll take that as a yes <laughs> and <laughs> then we'll <laughs> say goodbye to everyone out there and Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me. Back home in dumb shit. Gang fucked the function up. You can tell by the smell. Got that funky stuff. Hölde ner det hela året. Nu det numbers up. Det vill ha mer nu förut. Vill det ha numb from us. Jag var med dig. Billig holiday. Jag blandar gin och juice. Och hon vill hela chagga nej. Vill inte conversate. Om det finns inget kvar att säga. Och jag vill inte stanna kvar. Om du inte kom med. Folk trodde det var jag värd. Det gärna massa prat. Sprinkla mina wings. Spel lite gärna. Salad, de kan inte toucha mig i köket eller on the mic Jag är morsa till din morsa till din morsas mamma psych Jag vill flyga på mattan ifrån Agravat Hinna fjäll med dig i år, hinna berg i Kanada Jag försökte gömma sådå som exan karabar Men jag blev bara sur och grå, allt var nästan bara knas Det är som Kiriko, häxan karabar Hälften skandinav, brösen nordafrikan Vi hänger i appropriation nation varje dag Ha en night in Tunisia, vi som käkar kan Det är att säga asses du på ett annat plan Alla
Alla djur i världen är din vän som talar barn Kanske knäcka på ibland då jag spelar död Sedan gör vi tio hits på tre försök De visar skitsnack över beatbox Så att jag hade varit shanty Gjort en detox Låt ensam vargarna bli flock Lethal Och jag stod och såg söt ut som en decoy Alla längtar till en mästerbotten session Angiala bildar västen Jag skarpser ut som brödelig I'm no old from oasis Lägger pengarna på kläder Jag trivs mycket bättre naked Jag så fuck och vara älskad Jag trivs mycket bättre hated Ingen på en stor Sick. <laughs>